they finally did it. It's not the, the biggest case of a human rights violation I've ever seen, but I had to say it. LA has authorized the power to be shut off at the home of this dude who was having constant parties, and they said he was violating a public health directive. And that to me is just, it's insane. And this is just another example of what's been happening to cities. I'm just going to say it. I know, maybe it's biased, but Democratic-run cities, it's been a recurring theme. And you look at Republican states compared to Democrat states, Democrat states are falling apart. And now you've actually got the mayor of Los Angeles saying, I have authorized the city to shut down power to this dude's home. Now, this guy was super rich, so I get it. We got a bunch of other stories to talk about. We're going to talk, we're going to make fun of the DNC because as most of you probably know, the DNC is just insanely awful. And I've brought in someone very uh, important who can explain a lot of this to us. The guy who literally wrote the book on it. We got Jack Murphy. How you, you doing? Wanna, you want to introduce yourself? Hey, Tim. How's it going, man? Lydia. Hello. <laughs> nice Hello. to see you guys. Going, nice see going you again. very well. Jack Murphy. Jack Murphy Live. JackMurphyLive.com. Here I am. You literally wrote the book on literally Democrat to deplorable, walking away from the Democratic Party. I have brought you a copy. I I see. I see. Oh yeah. snap! Democrat to deplorable, just for you, Tim. In oh. honor. In honor of me. Me saying that I'm going to have to vote for Trump. And I have another. <laughs> I have another tchotchke for you right here too. There you go. Democrat deplorable mug. Here we yeah. go. Handy dandy. Thank you very much. Is it is it clean? It is clean. Of it course. is COVID free. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Yes. Wonderful. There's some drink. Oh my God. We're going to get Tim to take a sip out of the mug. Democrats are deplorable. This is, there we go. This is magical. Monumental. It's magical sip. My work here is done. <laughs> All right, Jack. Thanks for coming to the show. Have a nice day. So uh, Awesome. Thank no, you. No, I mean, I mean it literally. You literally wrote the book. You traveled around the country. Most m- Many of you might actually know Jack because you were the first guest we had on the show back before all this COVID stuff happened. Yep, January. How crazy have things gotten? The whole world has changed, but yet it was all so predictable from the yeah, jump. Yeah, most people don't realize this, that on the show we did, we actually sat down and wrote down crystal clear, perfect predictions of this year. Let's see, on March 17th, Donald Trump will say these words. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It wasn't that perfect, but apparently we, had, we hit a bunch of... Uh, we really did, you know, and that, and that comes from our experience. And, you know, you and I both have been living this 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 Antifa, this Black Lives Matter thing, the networked warfare, the politics, the insurgencies, the blue church, the whole thing, the resistance. Yeah, we've been living it on the ground. Yep. You've been you've been there, you know, front line. I've been experiencing it like as a participant, you know, getting attacked by Antifa, having oh, a cop yeah. sent to my house, like having to testify that I'm not a member of the alt right. All this stuff, getting fired. Like we've been in the grind. So when. You know, back in late winter, we were talking about what was going to happen this uh, election summer. Yeah, it was riots. it was pretty obvious what was coming. Man, and and I I guess someone sent you a list of like all of these things. We actually yep, yeah, that scares even, me actually. Even China and and, <laughs> and and math and stuff and like all the things about Black Lives Matter and Antifa and the riots and the way it was just going to flare up. And we had even noticed that like Antifa, Black Lives Matter had sort of chilled. It was right. Like, it wasn't necessarily in the news mm-hmm. all the time, uh, rounding out 2019. But we knew with the election coming, you know, it, f- it feels like when when the start of covid happened, all of this, you know, far left woke, whatever started to fizzle away because we had real problems. But what it seems like is that it was actually just backed up in the hose and then eventually the pressure built up and it burst out in this massive spray. And now, you know, school curriculums are getting leaked of this insane woke stuff they're teaching to like seven year olds. And I and I've known this because my niece was I was showing one of these, you know, fake woke manipulations to my family. My niece goes, oh, I know that picture. They taught us that in school. And I was like, what? Yeah. She was seven at the time. Yeah, man, it's everywhere. And these are the issues I cover in the book dating back, you know, years and years. 
and when we used to talk about intersectionality and, and, and the way that they were forcing themselves into the universities, people used to just poo-poo it as, oh, crazy college kids, right? That's yep. just crazy college radicals. But people ignored the fact that the reason you go to college is to be sort of handed a worldview yeah. and to be transformed and sent out into society. And the university has been taken over by people whose explicit goal is to transform every student into an activist whose goal is is to destroy the existing order of our country. And now it's been years and years of them pumping these people out. They've been hired in the corporations. The corporations have bent to their yep. expectations. And now we've got, uh, you know, Goodyear tired telling people, that uh, they can wear a Black Lives Matter shirt to work, but they can't wear a MAGA hat. They they partially disavowed that. Oh, I read they, that thing. I, right, I, I right, read right. it. I parsed it. it. It said that they didn't make that image. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't didn't mean anything. They didn't actually say what it was. Exactly. Right? Because yeah. what it was was something that they probably sent around to everybody in their so, own company. So we, 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 we've got a bunch of stuff we can talk about for sure, and especially what, what happened in L.A. You know, we'll, so we'll get started with talking about these Democrat cities. Yeah, let's do it. But, you know, I, I, I think... All of this woke stuff isn't is becoming l like you mentioned. They entered the corporations, and then all of a sudden, once they had the numbers, it activated. But it's in government, it's in the military, it's in the CDC, and so my 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 worry is that they've gained so much ground already in mainstream TV and, and brands, corporations, and government that regular people are already too scared to do anything about it. Maybe though, the silent majority will rise up and go and vote you know, straight Republican or something, and that'll push out all of this insanity. And that's kind of where I find myself, not as someone who like sees myself in Trump or sees what he's doing as something where I'm like this, you know, we must do it. Actually, I'll take that back. There's one thing when, when Trump tried to pull out Afghanistan, I was like, I'm, I'm going to vote for that guy. <laughs> like, cause I didn't ask him to do it and he's going to do it. I want that to happen. Right. Right. But I think this, the, the best thing, the best chance we have would be Republicans taking everything so that we can get section 230 reform hopefully antitrust, but I don't trust the Republicans either, to be honest. I think Trump is very different, but I'm not even convinced the Republicans will do anything. I think they're going to do nothings. Well, <clears throat> Heather Hang and uh, Brett Weinstein, they talk on their podcast a lot about uh, the institutional takeover and, and the, the, the co-opting of all these various fields, right? So it's not that just intersectionality is in the university or in the government. It's in like each individual specific academic field. It's in mental health. It's now creeping into physical health. James uh -huh. Lindsay is dealing with it, talking about math. it being in two math. Plus two is five? Yep. I can't believe this. No, it's insane. So it's it's actually literally everywhere. And when I would talk about intersectionality back in like 2016, people around me, people I loved and respect, they all told me I was insane. No one would ever adopt it. You're talking about something that's just crazy and arcane and no one really cares about it. But we saw the trajectory and it's continuing to go. And so one of the things that I voted for Trump in the first place was for Title IX reform because Title right. IX is the place where intersectionality really was able to flourish through that through that corridor in the universities. And so when when I voted for him, I wanted him to do that to 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 remedy that. And he took some really you know positive steps forward with Betsy yeah. DeVos and, and reform there. So it, it's going to take a lot more though, even if there's a straight Republican landslide, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, it's still going to take years, maybe even decades. I yeah. think. Totally. So let's do this. If, if, if you're just tuning in, make sure you smash the like button, hit the uh, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And if you want to hop in the super chats at around 930, we jump over to the super chats, try and grab as many as we can. And so we're, we're going to talk about a couple of these things. The first thing I, I got, we got to talk about, man, and this can be a part of just Democrat cities in general. 
But this to me is one of the most nightmarish and shocking things I've ever seen an American politician do in my life. And maybe maybe that's just my naivety because I'm, I'm 34. Maybe something happened at some point, I guess. You know, we had politicians literally shoot each other you know, a couple hundred years ago. So <laughs> mayor authorizes city to shut, po- shut off power at Hollywood Hills Party House, reportedly belonging to TikTok star Bryce Hall. Despite several warnings, this house has turned into a nightclub in the hills, hosting large gatherings in flagrant violation of our public health orders, Garcetti said. So that's 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 just the story. Look at this. They, he says, with more than 2,000 Angelinos and over 170,000 Americans lost to COVID-19, we need every resident to undertake critical safeguards to stop the spread of this virus. That includes not hosting or attending parties that put themselves, their neighbors, and many others at risk. Despite several warnings, the house turned into a nightclub. The city has now discon- disconnected utilities at this, ha- this home to stop these parties that endanger our community. If we wish to reopen more businesses, return our kids to school, or get back to our normal lives, we must continue to wear masks, wash our hands frequently, and as we're emphasizing today, avoid gathering with others. All of these actions save lives. Sure. Actually, the dude put out a TikTok. It's kind of funny. Uh, he posted a TikTok Wednesday with, to the song Electric Love because it looks like the power is out. I'm just going to say I'm not super concerned about a rich dude who owns multiple houses and wants to have big parties in the hills. My concern is the precedent being set where the mayor did this and no one said anything. And you're never going to see a politician walk out and say, I'm going to violate human rights. It's going to start with this. Everyone's going to say that's okay. The next day he's going to say, well, what about this celebrity? That's okay. Within a month, he's going to be like this small family, you know, this middle middle class family. We're turning your power off next. They shouldn't have the, the ability to arbitrarily shut off someone's utilities. And I think this is this this story hits at several things. One, mismanagement of cities, predominantly run by Democrats, and the authoritarianism that's emerged since COVID, where they think they can do anything. And to be honest, nobody's stopping them. It's I think what's so troubling for people, it's all confusing, right? Like, go out and protest. It's no problem. Have a party at your house. That's a problem. We're going to let the protest happen. Have a gathering at your house. We're going to stop it. Uh, COVID is so bad that we're temporarily suspending all utility shutoffs for people. Right. Unless we decide we're going to turn off your utilities. And that's terrifying to me, man. That that made me realize that no matter where I am in the city, I have nowhere to retreat to. I have nowhere to go where they can't get me. They can yep. get me just in my house, in my home, doing whatever I want. In Washington, D.C. the other day, there was a party advertised, like flyers on the internet, everything. It was like a block party. And uh, there was like a, a ton of people there. And the cops were actually on scene. Didn't break it up. Really? And that what happened there, that was where that mass shooting was. So oh, like there, there was 21 people got shot at this gathering that the cops knew about. So what I'm getting at here is that there's just this inconsistent application of the rules. And that makes people insane because then they don't know what reality is yeah. or how to behave or how, to, you know, what we all depend on is, is uh, predictability by other people. And if your government is acting in an unpredictable fashion, that could jeopardize your ability to, you know, bathe, feed and clothe yourself and take care of your family. Well, that's a very unsettling place to be. And where do people take those fears out? Maybe they act out, but maybe they're going to do it in the, uh, in the election booth this year. I hope so. And I think that's going to be if, man, I'm, I'm kind of worried about what happens if Trump loses, because we've seen what these states have done, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, they're putting sick people in nursing homes, people are dying. You look at what LA is doing. You look at what Oregon is doing. 83 nights now they've allowed these rides to go on because the DA keeps releasing them. 
Apparently, you know, someone emailed me saying, look at the, look at the court record. Somebody got charged with five felonies. The DA just cut them loose. That's, that's how the riots don't stop. This is, this is what they are doing. I couldn't imagine what would happen if that political party takes control of the executive branch at this time. And then, you know, do you see that viral video from Shasta County, California, where the guy says we're being regular Americans are being peaceful now, Mm. but he's like, you know, he basically says civil war is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, it's this predictability, man. I just don't know what's going to happen or what they're going to do to me or where things are going to go. And that leaves me very unsettled. How do you invest in the future? How do you decide to have a family? How do you build a community? When you don't have any idea the way the law is going to be applied, if right. there's going to be laws, if there, who, like it's all up in the air. But the, the troubling thing is really, Tim, I think we just all are acknowledging this. Are things going to get worse if Trump loses? Probably. Are things going to get worse if Trump wins? Probably. <laughs> That's a little dark, though. I mean, well, I don't think electing Trump is going to stop anything. He might begin to chip away at some of it. But imagine the reaction. For sure. You have the other side. Yeah. You know, it's crazy now they, they're, they're trying to bring Russiagate back. Right. And that just shows you that there's there's disparate realities. But, but I do think if Trump gets reelected, he's untethered right now. His first four years was do what I can in a, in a you know, tempered way. And then when it comes to reelection, unleash the beast. And that's that's what Obama said. Right. Remember when that, that famous, you know, hot mic where he's like, I'll have more flexibility once I get reelected. Yeah. Yeah. Because they know it's their last term. Right. I think I think lame duck is such a misnomer. In fact, it's probably subterfuge when they say that a president's lame duck because he's on his way out. No yeah. way, man. That's when they can be most aggressive. That's why all those pardons and I almost said the bad word. That's why all those pardons <laughs> and things uh, happen, you know, at the last minute, at the 11th hour, right. right? It's because they're on their way out the door and they're less accountable at that point. So I, I, for one, would like to see more aggressive behavior out of Trump. I read a fantastic piece in the Claremont Rivera uh, Review of Books by Michael Anton. And he said, there's no, there's no problem today that more Trump won't solve. <laughs> and and I, I think he's probably right. You know, more aggressive towards China, you know, more yeah. nationalism, more patriotism, more onshoring, manufacturing, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that he has been hamstrung on. In terms of these cities, especially, though, Trump could invoke the Insurrection Act and he could end it overnight. We I don't I don't know if you saw this, what happened with, with the guy trying to cut the uh, the brakes to the NYPD vehicles. Man, you, you see that story. No, he was accused. I'll say, you know, innocent until proven guilty. I'm a big fan. But uh, <laughs> the the. NYPD arrested the guy. They had an informant drive him around. He went to a van. He tried snipping the brake line. He didn't. They arrested him. Local local judge cut him loose. The feds swooped in immediately and arrested him on federal charges. And there, this was really interesting. I'm not a lawyer, but you know, I'm reading this affidavit from the FBI agent, and he says that it's their jurisdiction because NYPD vehicles are used for interstate commerce. Hmm. Like the feds don't have jurisdiction in local affairs, hmm. in state affairs, but they made one up. And it's scary to me because, for one, I don't want the federal government to be able to just arbitrarily assert jurisdiction in state and local matters. But the state is not they're not prosecuting these people. There have been instances in history in which federal assertion of authority domestically using the military was done for a good cause. Right. I remember watching most recently a documentary on a U.S. grant and this guy. He sent the army into the South to end the hangings <laughs> and, to, and, to, and to, to end the KKK. 
right. right? Because they were anathema to what we were doing. Antifa and these guys, they are anathema to what we are doing. There is historical precedent to use force in a way to restore the peace that honors our Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and all the things that we hold dear. Uh, and then, you know, what, what happens after that is the question. I'm not saying I'm advocating for it because, you know, me, Tim, I'm, I'm small government. You know, I, I, I went to Libertarian University, George Mason. I, I hate the idea of the feds getting involved in our business. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, if your state is just failing to take care of people's lives and property, life, liberty and pursuit of happiness fail to be protected, then who, who, who do you call? So the riots, I think, are, are, are an easy call. But what about what Garcetti is doing in L.A.? Do you think Trump, sh the feds should intervene and shut down, you know, what, what they're doing in this capacity? I'm not a lawyer, so I'm going to punt that one. But what, what yeah. are they going to do? They're going to order them to just stop managing their, their, their utilities in the way that they see fit? I mean, look, right. when, when they wanted to get uh, the drinking age raised to 21 across the country, they withheld, I think, like highway funds, right? They're like, we're not going to give you this money to build your highway until you raise the drinking age to 21. Yeah. And I think that worked. So there are like levers that you can pull, mostly around money, right? But imagine if you <laughs> Trump cuts off all the money to California to get them to turn the guy's water back on. I mean, it's in a way I would be all for it, right? Like yeah. you can't turn my. I paid my bill. Like I'm a human being. I'm allowed to drink water. We all are. It's a utility. It's a monopoly. It's regulated. It's there to provide a service. And by the way, the official policy is to not cut off utilities in this time of crisis. It's also like the policy is to let people out of jails <laughs> and they're literally arresting people and putting them in jails for like running a business or something. Right. Nothing. Uh, it's like you said, it's, it's asymmetric enforcement of the law. Right. Right. Are and, snap. And, and, the, and the enforcement is on things that we need as humans. For example, we need human interaction, socialization and community to be happy, healthy, actualized creatures. We need that, but they're banning it. Yeah. We need to exercise and work out and be fit and healthy, but they're banning that. We need it. Why are they attacking all the things that we do to help us, to help our health, to help our sanity? But isn't, isn't this, for the most part, Democrats? I think it is almost exclusively. Yeah. There, yeah. there have been some Republican states that have had lockdowns, but they've been minor or none entirely. I mean, South Dakota rejected Trump's stimulus offer. Because they were like, it's okay. Most of our people have returned to work, so we don't need the, the bonus. I love money. looking at South Dakota. It is definitely an extreme example, given how big it is and how few right. people live there. Uh, their governor, though, I could I could definitely see supporting her in the future in some larger endeavor. She's got the whole package, man. She really does. She'd be fantastic. I, I could support her in future elections. Christy Nome. You think you run for president? I mean, I watched that speech she gave uh, at Mount Rushmore, and I was like, I tweeted out that night, when can I vote for you for president? Wow. <laughs> They threw a parade for her. So for those that aren't familiar, she refused to lock down. And South Dakota was one of the, there was this chart released. I fact checked me on this one. I saw this chart and I was talking about GDP. All of the states are negative. South Dakota was, was like 0.08% positive, like at a time of crisis. And like you said, it's an extreme example. It's, it's, you know, not so much of a dense population relative to New York or whatever, but she, she did what was right for her state. And the media was relentlessly attacking her saying it was the new hot spot. It was, you know, COVID was out of control. It wasn't. It was, I, I looked at the numbers from John Hopkins and it was like right in the middle. So you had the worst, the, the worst state in the country is New York. And then it was like ranked 27, South Dakota. Like it's not even, it, it was right there in the middle. So it's not an outlier, but because she was defiant, the media just went, you know, it was just totally relentless. I think that's a big, you know, ally of the, the Democrats, obviously. They just push the same narrative. Right.
well, the narrative is what matters. Facts don't matter. Right and wrong don't matter. Human rights don't matter. Your personal well-being and safety don't matter. Your personal happiness and health don't matter. Consistency, logic, and reason, they don't matter. Honoring the Constitution and the law of the land, that doesn't matter. Federalism, that doesn't matter. States' rights, that doesn't matter. I got a real funny story for you. Hit me. So uh, recently, a friend of ours who is not from America, you know, I'm, I, you know, we're hanging out, and she said, hey, I have a question. The Second Amendment says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And I was like, right. And she goes, then why can't you have a gun? And then everyone started laughing because it was like from the outside, you see the Second Amendment and you're like, that's clear. And then you actually come to the states and you're like, OK, so the Constitution doesn't matter. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yep. Uh, we can talk about guns later if you want. There's there was a really big case that came out of the Ninth District that allows for, uh, you know, uh, greater than 10 magazines, uh, round magazines. And yep. And in D.C., where I live, those are strictly prohibited. So hopefully that, that will uh, that will get turned over. Yeah, I think, you know, I bring up Second Amendment more so as a general issue of the Constitution, which is Swiss cheese. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it is one way to put it. I mean, they've punched so many holes in that. It actually scares me how. You, you know, it, it really does come back to for more so the Democrats, but Republicans as well. It's, you know, our, our current system of governance is disrespectful to the Constitution. You've got people saying, you know, it's a living document, and I respect that because we do amend it, and we do make changes, and we do interpret. But certain things I look at, and I've been, I've been much more of a constitutionalist as of the past year or so, especially with how the Democrats have been violating people's rights. And I really got to say, look, maybe it's because I live in New Jersey and this is one, like probably the worst state in the country <laughs> can, in, in terms of the authoritarian lockdown. Yeah. You know that Atlas gym? Yeah. They're, they're right on the street. Oh, is that really? Yeah, it's super close. Huh. And these, they're, those are the guys who got arrested, had their business license taken away. I watched that guy bust down the door to his yep. own gym. I love that guy. I mean, <laughs> dude, go for it. Like stand up for what's right. This, so, you know, before we started recording, we were talking about we need meaning in our life. And what's interesting about these COVID lockdowns and all this tension is actually giving meaning to some people who are finding it in resisting this shit, Ooh, this stuff that they're, they're finding meaning in resisting it. And like this guy now had a, he had a mission of helping people get healthy and fit, but now he's got a mission of standing up for himself and for what's right. And for his community, like he's, this guy's inspired and he's willing to take risks and put himself at risk. And I admire that. I admire people that are willing to stand up for what they believe to be true, not just true, today but like universal truths that transcend history yeah. right like these people should be free to get healthy <laughs> think about it if you're fit you are less likely to get sick and die that's just obvious now i will i will add my thing is follow the law you know i i guess you can say within reason because i'm a, i'm actually a big fan of civil disobedience nonviolent because i think that's where we as a society accept people push the line for this guy to kick his door in that's nonviolent civil disobedience. I mean, you could argue that kicking the wood that he put up off, or I think, I don't know if the city did it or not. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. You, you, you could argue you're, you're getting close into vandalizing property or whatever, but it's a piece of plyboard. It's his property. The, right, right, right. And so I look at this and I look at the Bevelyn Beatty when she threw the, the paint on the Black Lives Matter in New York. Yeah. Nonviolent civil disobedience. Now, I'll tell you this. If we were in normal times and someone showed up and kicked in the plyboard on a building and came in, I'd be critical of it. Yeah. Not super critical. I'd just be like, you know, look, follow the law. There's there's better ways to do this. But now you've got Antifa going around tearing down statues and the Democrats say it's peaceful protests. You actually had a, a, a state Democrat in Virginia charged with two felonies for conspiring to tear down the stat, tear down one of these statues that actually fell on a dude's head and nearly killed him. Dang. 
So when you actually have, I mean, you literally have Democrat politicians joining in, yeah. planning this stuff, engaging in the, all this stuff. You want me to be critical of a dude who kicked his own, you know, Jim Doran? Or when the Democrats in California are shutting off your access to water, the most important thing that we have. Water is life. Yeah. You don't get it. None. And that's, that's, that's where, so, so just to clarify too, they're, they're inching towards it. That's my fear. I see. They've authorized the, the termination of the utilities here. They shut off. It says power. I just want to make sure everybody, you know, but my, my, oh. he, he's, he straight up said, he said, we'll shut off your power and electricity at Got a it. press conference. Got it. So they're, they, they've, it's like pointing the loaded gun of a human rights violation at your face. And this is them cocking the hammer back when they go to this guy. The, the UN said taking away water from people because they can't afford to pay the bill is a human rights violation. <laughs> but taking it away from them because you want to crack the whip over their head, that's okay. <laughs> that's that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I, and, I think one of the things that we're feeling too is just like there's lawlessness, right? So when, when they uh, tore down a statue in D.C., I was out of town, thankfully, because God knows if I would have been there, I might have been there and what would have happened. And I, I had this feeling of just being violated, Right. There are people just running around the city, tearing things down, destructing things, destroying things, taking the law into their own hands, vigilantes, basically. And uh, when you when you have this instability, instability, this unstable feeling, you know, there's it just disrupts all parts of your life, which is why we all need to focus more on our health and our nutrition and our sleep, because we have to be actually physically strong and resilient to deal with this because it is a psychological warfare that they're playing on us. I, I, I don't get it. You know, they, they, whether it's intentional or not, in places like New York, this is, this is what I think a lot of people might not realize, especially listening to a show. Many of you probably live in suburban or even more rural areas. But in New York, you live in a cubicle. You live in a tiny box. And you're, you, you go, I know people who've got these rooms. It's like 10 feet by 10 feet. Yeah. And then some of these places, there's, there's, there's one hotel. I think it's called the Jane. Your room is like, Eight feet by ten feet, your hotel room, and you—it's a one big shared bathroom. Mm-hmm. That's a hotel, and it's considered a good one. Oh yeah. So when you're in, when you live in one of these cubicle style apartments, and you barely have a bathroom, and now they tell you you can't leave, and you're 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 basically in solitary confinement for five months. Right. These no wonder they went around smashing everything and looting and destroying everything. Yeah. Because they're it's the, it's 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 almost like the they're testing the stress of the of the average person in these places. Yeah, well, it's a pressure cooker, and it's about to pop, man. This summer is not over. The election isn't over. I think there's going to be an even increasing amount of sort of chaos and craziness leading to the election. And then God knows what's going to happen you know, around election time. Not that it's going to be decided on election day anyway. I think we should all be prepared for that, right? Yeah, definitely. And I've seen now there's been that call for the white house siege did you see that september 17th i'm going to be there of course in my own neighborhood my whole world coming together all these things i've been working on antifa uh, uh the democrat to deplorable maga stuff networked insurgencies open source warfare all of it happening all at once in my town in my city in a place that i know and love where i grew up where my kids go to school where I've invested time and energy in the community and like actually in the community and little league and, and building schools and actually literally building buildings that people live in, in the city. Like I couldn't be more invested and it's all converging into one thing that's all happening right here for me. So like my life has been on fire the last, the last few months. <laughs> There's no question. And I will be down there September 17th and onwards to see what's going to happen. Now I have to stop myself though from like searching out riot porn 
like I would go down to Black Lives Matter Plaza to see what was going to happen and like nothing would happen. And there was a small part of me that was a little disappointed. I put in the suffer, didn't find it, but obviously, you know, no violence is better than anything. Right. Right. Um, but so I'm going to reluctantly go down there on September 17th and onwards just to see, because the world has to know what's happening because the media is not reporting it accurately. No question. I can't tell you, man, every morning I wake up and I'm like, here's your morning report on the riots, right? Because Portland's just been a, a war zone. Right. And it's not like, you know, I think it's fair to say the group is a couple hundred, but they keep getting released. And every article I see from all these outlets are even Fox News will do this. The protesters, the protesters, the demonstrators. My favorite thing was when uh, Oregon Live wrote that the, the pro it was mostly pe- it was mostly peaceful for the first hour. Then it got violent. And I'm like, what you should have written, you know, which, what the story should be that a group of extremists wearing all black showed up, waited till their numbers were large enough and then started rioting and smashing things. Right. It was a staging ground. Yeah. Just because they were sta- <laughs> just because they were preparing. You call it a peaceful protest because they didn't yet throw the brick? They're just getting ready. Here's some context. I tweeted this out the other day. I think the total, unfortunately, now is up to like 30. 30 people have died in the riots and the protests. Uh, Last year, I believe the number of unarmed black men killed by the police was somewhere around 12 or 13. 13. Okay. According to Washington Post. Okay. So here we are now halfway through this year. More than twice as many people have already died from the response to this thing, which is terrible and a tragedy, of course. Uh, but you're now, I think, more likely to get killed by uh, Antifa Black Lives Matter riot than you are as a black, any of us, than you are as a black man uh, getting killed uh, by the police. Specifically shot and killed. Shot and killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. I, I just say that because... No, it's good, it's good. Let's right. Be, let's be precise. Exactly. Otherwise, they're going to be like, you're imprecise. There was 13, <laughs> 13 unarmed black men were shot and killed by police last year, according to WAPO's tracker. And just specifically because George Floyd, but you see the body camera footage for the George Floyd incident? Yes, I saw the whole thing. And it really did change everything that yep. they claimed. Yeah, he, well. he, he kicked his way out of the vehicle. He said, hold me on the ground. He was resisting. Yeah, he said he can't breathe before he even got in the car. Yeah. Yeah. So now some people think that, that he, you know, he was on drugs. As, yeah. the, as the, I think that's what the autopsy report found. Yeah. And he, pro- he likely died due to that. Not, not that I'm a fan of these police officers, and I think... You know, I wouldn't know what should be done, but the narrative is definitely different. It's not the narrative they gave us. No, but you know, I think that's partially by design. Overcharge, get an acquittal. What's going to happen after that? More riots. More riots. Pencil that date in, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, that's like Ferguson all over again. Yeah. Is, want... is, is, is it on purpose? It feels like it is, you know? I, this is the question I ask myself about all this stuff. Is it all a diabolical plan or is it a bunch of dummies just stumbling around in the dark, <laughs> screwing up left and right? I think it's the, you know what, man, at a certain point, the absurdity reaches a level where I, I just, I can't believe it. And I, 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 I am very anti-conspiracy theory. My thing is like, if you want to speculate as to what this may be, I'm fine with it, but show me the evidence. And then from the evidence, evidence, you can make a hypothesis and do like a standard investigation. So I mean, I don't, I'm not gonna pretend to be perfect, but I don't like conspiracies, but I'll tell you this. When I look at some of the things that are happening with these with these cities, with the, like, look at New York. They, they're, they're running out of money. The mayor actually supports Black Lives Matter. He says things that directly antagonizes the already stressed people. Then he says we need money. He, Bill de Blasio mocks the rich people as they leave, which will hurt them more. Then he announces he's going to buy up these empty buildings. I'm like, hmm. He puts all these homeless people in luxury hotels, causing all the rich people to flee. Then I'm going to buy these buildings. Then 
they put checkpoints up all around the bridges and tunnels and, and institute a 14-day quarantine for anyone coming in from certain, from certain states, like 32 or 30, whatever, and a $10,000 fine, which guarantees no tourism. So you can't have tourists, so your money's gone. You've put homeless people and criminals into these hotels, driving away the residents. And now you announce you want to buy up the empty buildings? It kind of sounds to me like you had a plan. You know what I mean? I, I would like... There's a part of me that wishes that there was a plan like that because at least you could admire it, maybe for its like diabolical <laughs> nature. Thorough, yeah. Right, it right, is, right. It is for, for the foresight. Um, but you know, as we were talking about how old we are just before the show, right? I'm almost 45. You're almost 35. As you get older, you just start to realize people are dumb, man. <laughs> right? And like, just because they're governor or mayor or or CEO or or chairman of the board. Uh, doesn't mean that they're smart. Right. And just because somebody might be like a homestead farmer or a skateboarder or whatever the case may be, it doesn't mean, you know, they're dumb. So there's just uh, these expectations we have of people. I, I like to think that it's, it's, it's unfortunate stumbling around aggregated up rather than that there's a huge master plan to do all these horrible, terrible, evil things. I have redemption for them in my heart but i know that they don't have it in their heart for me yeah. and i think that that is like the ultimate dividing line right there i agree i think you're right that you know for the most part they're probably just bumbling around it's anlin's razor never attribute to malice that which can be explained by incompetence but i gotta say when i look at trump sometimes i'm just like there's no way it's all accidental how he he, he ropes and he, he baits the the democrats so perfectly i mean you look the other day with the susan b anthony thing I was mad at first, right? So you heard he was going to, you know, mm -hmm. he announced he's going to pardon somebody. I'm all excited. You know, I'm texting people. Is it going to be Assange? You know, texting the people that I know. Is it going to be Assange? Is it going to be Assange? And then I wake up and, you know, it's Susan B. Anthony or whatever. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? And then I started seeing the news that came out. Susan B. Anthony was a racist, was, you know, a, a symbol of the pro-life community. She's very divisive. And I just started laughing relentlessly. I just, I was like, and there it is. Donald Trump did something so boring that any president would do, and they couldn't help but attack him over it. Yeah. And they even denigrated Susan B. Anthony herself. And I'm like, was this an accident? Did Donald Trump... Not that stuff. That stuff right, he is knows. expert. That is expert public relations, communications, persuasion. It. Uh, I, I was listening on the way up here to uh, one of my favorite analysts, John Robb, former special forces guy, wrote a book, advisor uh, to Defense Department, like knows the military and knows networks better than anybody. And one of the things he says about Donald Trump is that he's a master of what he called mental maneuver. And so he gets in your head and he disrupts your information flow. He disrupts your ability to make sense of the world. He disrupts your ability to observe yourself, to orient it. He disrupts your ability to decide or to even act by jamming himself into your brain every single day with those tweets. I yeah. mean, it, that is his Twitter account is like the most powerful weapon in the world today uh, in this ongoing open source network tribal warfare that we're participating in that exists in the information world, not so much in the physical world. It's just punctuated by this violence. Goodyear tires lost 3% when he tweeted out, don't buy Goodyear. It's, it, it's, he swings the stock market, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you know, I look at some of these things and you know, honestly, maybe this one instance with the Susan B. Anthony thing wasn't Trump with any expert plan. It's just that it's come to a point where the Democrats just do this yeah. and the media just does this. Or at the same time, all of our, our heroes are flawed too. What do you right. know? And so if you want to find the, this is what I tell people all the time. If you, if you look for love, you'll find love. 
If you look for hate, you'll find hate. And this is the way I'm, I'm trying to persuade my old Facebook fam. Like I still waste a little bit of time on there. Me too. And, and, and it's just, it's basically just kind of trolling. Cause it's like people I've known my whole life and they all kind of hate me already at this point. But it's like, guys look for love. Don't look for hate. Cause if you look for love, you'll find it. I swear to God. This is, this is, I like to say something similar that, you know, we as a society, we take the good things from the past and we get rid of the bad things. So yeah, there's probably a lot of people that we look up to who had a lot of really bad things in their history, but we're, the building blocks we're taking for our society are the good things they did, yeah. not the bad things. In fact, you know, a lot, we see the, the Antifa going around smashing up George Washington statues. Recently, six people got arrested in LA because he was a slave owner or whatever. And I'm like, but we're not putting statues up to him because of that. You know, if you want to look at, look at him and see that, like, that's, that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. We put statues of him up because he helped found a new nation where the, the people in charge were, were, had to receive the consent of the governed, that finally individuals had rights. And it was the, you know, what I, what I, what I call it is planting the seeds of liberty that had, and, and those seeds had to be watered by people like Susan B. Anthony, like, uh, like Frederick Douglass, those who fought in the Civil War. So we're not putting up the statue. We, we actually fought a civil war over this because we think it's bad. And now we say those things are bad. Same is true for Christopher Columbus. The dude did a lot of bad things, but he did some things that we, we, we you know, revere. Challenged the status quo, went on, a, on, a, on an adventure, whatever. I mean, like Christopher Columbus, who at that time do you think was going to be in the right mind? What kind of person gets on a boat to sail off into the ocean based on like a scribble and, a, and an idea that some somebody had where there's serpents and monsters but dude, let's go. What kind of guys sign up for a trip like that? Right? It so may- come on. They're going to be flawed. We're all flawed. The the fundamental difference between us and the other guys right now is like, I feel like the people that I hang out with and, and the people that I sort of caucus with, we understand that there is good and evil in all of us. And our job is to try to be as good as we can while fighting the evil inside of us. The other side thinks people can be perfect. So if you're not perfect, then you're evil and then you're terrible and there's no good in you at all. And this is where we're headed right now. It's the perfectibility of man. Forget about that. You know what's really interesting about that? The, the left will destroy you over one slight, and they will ignore all of the your virtues, right? Mm-hmm. But that ultimately results in people who are all hiding. You know, I, I make jokes about the future where everyone's wearing a gray jumpsuit with their heads shaved and you can't carry anything on you. Or the, 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 the bigger joke is that everyone wears this gigantic box over their body. So yeah. you don't know how tall they are. If they're, you got a voice changer yeah. because we got to eliminate all those things. Yeah. Ultimately, if they will cancel you over. So right now, there could be something said by a feminist that in a year will be offensive and they'll pull up the tweet from a year ago and say you're canceled. So all they're, all that's gonna it's gonna result in are people who don't tweet, don't post, don't speak, and just hide, and they move around in this dark mass attacking anybody who does. Yeah, that's it's, it. Seems like the logical conclusion of whatever it is they are. Yeah. So this issue is like come up all through history. How do you discuss politics without disrupt, or how do you discuss philosophy without disrupting politics and vice versa? And so there are some people that believe that our philosophers over time have like coded their messages in a way to protect themselves from this type of attack and this type of of, of you know Socrates. I mean. 
he's dead. He got killed, right? Because yeah. they didn't like what he was saying. So they learned to like code their language. And right now we're, you know, I, I did it myself. I get online and you're like, this is fun. What's going on? I'm just going to say whatever I think. You had no idea that this was going to become like the time capsule of your life, the can <laughs> the canon statement for who you are and the defining moment of your character and your soul. Some tweet I sent out to six followers in 2015. No way. So I think that we all kind of got caught in this moment of sort of with our pants down, like being exposed without knowing that we had to actually be much more careful about the things that we say. We shouldn't have to. No. But the but the, these these lunatics have, have first. You know what it is? It's very simple. The violent crazies are are what is feared, and so that's why they have power. Because regular mm. rational people don't get violent. Don't don't start conflicts. <laughs> Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Absolutely, man. <laughs> going going back to what you were what we were talking about with Christopher Columbus. You know what really breaks my heart is where where are these pioneers? Where are where is the modern pioneer? You know. About a year ago, I, I've been looking at expanding and finding new property and getting, you know, so I'm going off in the middle of nowhere. It's not as middle of nowhere as I'd like it to be. I was actually looking at some central PA, like, you know, Pennsylvania wildlands properties. I was looking at cities that were dying because industry was, was leaving and the population was, was going down. And I'm thinking like, how cool would it be to get a bunch of friends and rebuild industry and create a reason, create, like for me, I've got a growing business you know, hiring people. And so I could easily relocate somewhere. And all of a sudden, all that revenue lands right there. I can hire locals. They can do construction work. It can start attracting new businesses, new cafes, really servicing this area through a new industry. So I'm kind of, I'm, I, I've, I've done a kind of compromise where I'm going to be moving to a certain area where it's kind of middle of nowhere and, and we have that opportunity. But I think about the people on those ships that came from Europe or, or anywhere else, any, any, any kind of, you know, uh, you know, adventurer or pioneer from any country. And they decided, I'm going to get on a boat. It's going to be a dangerous journey. About 20% of the people on this boat will die because we're going to run out of citrus fruits or whatever. <laughs> and then we're going to land on an empty shore and then try and find food. Find 7-Eleven. No way. Just, just <laughs> yeah, kidding. Right. Yeah. Dude, I mean, what kind of person does that? People with very little to lose, really. Uh, but Tim, I have the same the same urges that you have. I've lived in Washington, D.C. 30 years almost. I've I've dedicated my life to that city. And right now, all I can do is just look around and think about getting out of there. I've been looking all through Appalachia, actually. Uh, someone once told me Appalachia is Appalachistan in the sense that, like, that is where people go to hide out in the hills and to stay away from the invaders and to stay away <laughs> from the marauding forces and the big central government and all that. And I've started looking around there and I've been looking at pieces of land, like substantial pieces of land. And, and as I was doing this, one of my friends tweeted out like the, 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 the plans for a medieval town that can hold like 50,000 people. You need 90 acres wow. okay, for a walled city. Whoa. That can have fifty thousand people. You need ninety acres, and so that kind of kicked me off down that path. But like, I have I have a plan. I have a long term plan that involves finding a home base because I do not want the mayor of my town who doesn't like me saying I'm going to cut off your utilities if you don't stop doing this thing that I want you to stop, even though I'm a hypocritical liar, two faced a hole. Maybe that's it. <laughs> no, no, no. I think think about it. The a lot of the re the reason for count. Uh, um, you know, emigration from Europe was an oppressive government. Religious freedom was a big issue, a lack of opportunity. And now I think we're probably seeing that similar crisis, but in a modern framing 
where we've got overbearing government, a lack of freedom and the opportunity to go somewhere and start something new. It's our new frontier. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's the digital technology that allows us to basically set up these, these, these businesses. You know, it's really, I, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly honored, all of you watching, seriously, that we can have political and philosophical cultural discussions and it's actually an important job yeah. to have these discussions, which means there's something being created here. I, I like to think about sourcing resources, going to a coal mine, going to a sulfur mine, whatever. You're actually getting something and then delivering it, which can be used in a variety of you know different industries. And I think that what we do is a similar discovery. We're, we're exploring ideas. These ideas help people assess their lives and improve their condition, things like that. Meaning, Tim. We're right. helping people find meaning because there's no meaning in our life. It's been stripped away from us. We become so open that we have we're nothing. There's no there's no protective barriers. There's no healthy membranes that you find in biology. You find in complex systems. You find in software systems. You find it in the solar system and in the universe. You find protective healthy membranes that let the things in that you want to let in and keep out the things you don't want to have in that is a perfectly happy healthy state of nature we require it in fact if we're completely open and totally interconnected one thing like a virus could come swooping through and just kill everybody in one second maybe we need to have healthy distance we need to find you need to have a home base where you can decide who comes in and who doesn't and where you can protect yourself this is this is an essential part of life that we have abandoned yeah what if in that vein, what we're watching is the natural progression. We, we strive towards these big cities because it was easier, it was safer, resources got centralized, but then the bubbles got too big and popped. And now the, the, the government we see that emerges from this is a natural consequence of the congestion, of the wealth, of the gluttony. And now with that bubble bursting, people are now craving to go back out mm -hmm. and kind of start again. Yeah. So maybe it's like a cycle. You it, know? Is, it is a cycle. And we're not the only ones talking about it. The tech guys in Silicon Valley are talking about it. Balaji's talking about it all the time. Our guys in the liminal order, shout out to my guys in liminal order. Uh, we're talking about this stuff right now. We've got a community built, you know, all around the country. We've got hundreds of guys and we're all thinking about these same things. We've got actual homesteaders, like, like actual cool. guys homesteading uh, in the group. So, you know, I, I'm not trying to like get out there and just, just be me and some chickens right away. But like, I have a multi-year plan where I will end up in a situation like that, where I have my own land that I can defend for myself and for my family. That is a base that I can retreat to because I've been attacked. I'm in the city. I've had the cops sent to my house. I've had people chase me around the city, threatening to shoot us, you know, at certain events, like, like far leftists, like Lacey McCauley and all those Antifa freaks used to follow us around <laughs> when we'd have parties and like yep, gatherings yep. in DC in 2016. 2017 2018 and uh you know i mean look and then across the street from my house there's a park there's like a corona testing center there every day now which is oh, like yeah we need to test but it's like why do i have to be where there's people getting shot all the time where there's a mass shooting in dc and nobody flipping cares yeah you know i was one of the first people to pick that out of the low it was in the local public safety section of washington post and i got it out there and i saw it go get retweeted up the chain also matt walsh is talking about it and then by two o'clock i was it, tweeting about and it and then by two o'clock people and then by 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 eight o'clock it's on tucker not that he wouldn't have found <laughs> out about it but you know it's like you see the whole cycle yep. happen and there's people getting shot in my neighborhood and then there's the the, the sick people are right across the street and everyone around me i know if they knew who i was they would hate me i mean my landlord tried to get me out of there back when i was getting doxxed in the, and because his wife follows antifa like she yeah. she believed it so like we're under siege man and 
it just doesn't it doesn't feel good. Yeah. So for for those that aren't familiar, I mean, you 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 basically got a kickstart because they canceled you. They lied yeah. about you. They smeared you. Yeah. These far leftists posted out of context photos to come, yeah. you know, and try and destroy your life. Yasher. Yasher did it. And he promised me that he would make amends and he never did that guy. Yasher. I thought you were going to, yeah, I thought you were going to do a conversation. Oh my God. We were supposed to do a podcast. He was going to write, we talked on the phone. He was an integral part of the doxing that happened uh, to me. And uh, he apologized to me on the phone, said he was going to write uh, an essay about canceling cancel culture. He said he was going to come on my podcast and then he just let that all go. And then do you see what he did recently with that Republican? dude yeah who went on the world war ii germany tour yeah shameful yeah so so uh he's a journalist he's like you know new york mag huffington post i think and a lot of people seem to have a lot of respect for him but i've i've sort of lost it a little bit he recently i mean aside from what he did to you he recently called out this uh this young republican guy do you know his name the the republican yeah. madison I don't, I don't cawthorn what's okay. his name madison cawthorn madison cawthorn yeah so he went to there's that famous place in germany i guess where the uh the allies drank wine celebrating the defeat of, of Hitler. And so he had an Instagram post where he was like, this is so cool. And Yasher oh, yeah. framed it as though he was celebrating being in Hitler's you right. know, location as opposed to where the Allies ended the war. Right. He even called Hitler a supreme evil, but it doesn't matter to these cancel culture people. No. You, they, they, they find something they can misframe or latch onto, boom, there you go. Yeah. But well, again, it's about meaning, dude. It's about people looking for meaning. They think that they're slaying dragons. They think that they're killing evil people because they've they've they believe they're in a religion. Yeah. That says if you're not with us, you're against us, and if you're with us, you're good, and if you're against us, you're literally evil. Because what we're fighting for is justice, and if you don't believe in our justice, then you are against justice. And who who likes that? Yeah. Nobody. It's not just a differing way of seeing the world. Or different opinions on things. This is this is fundamental. Us versus them, in versus out. It's because we have no unifying story as our country anymore. Not to get I too think, deep. I think social media did that. Of Everybody course. found different pockets, and now they're fractured and isolated. But I'll tell you what, though. All this, I'm just thinking, like, I'd love to just go farming, have some chickens, and just start raking. Just you know, the last two, the, the last two books I bought. One was called Micro Farming, and the other one was Get Off the Grid. Yes. And all the only TV I watch right now homestead rescue on discovery that's it i love the rainy family if i ever have a homestead rainy family please come to it uh it's amazing watching these people who are braving the ozarks and appalachians and alaska and canada trying to live off the land that to me is like the most exciting thing in the world right now uh because the rest of the stuff has just gotten so, so dark you, you could do a vlog filming like yeah. here's how you farm here's what we're doing here's our plan documenting it yeah. i mean you're watching it right now yeah I mean, people would love that. Yeah. So I, I, I want to I get into, because the DNC is happening right now. It is? Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. Convention? The convention's live. Holy We're competing crap. with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> We're check it out. We're doing just fine. But We're competing I, we, with it. I want to I show this story. Briefly, talk about it. Oh, what was that? Oh, you disconnected. Can you push it back in? There we go. That was weird. Ooh, weird. Everyone probably just got their ears blown ah, out. Sorry, everyone. So uh, let's. I want to talk about this story. And then I want... You're out? Yeah. What just happened? I don't know. I just touched it. Oh, oh you're good. Go. You're good. All right. It's actually not in. That's weird. You want Just, me to look uh, at it? Can you talk? Is it working? No, no, no. Okay, yeah. I'm going to come fix yeah, it. Yeah, come yeah, fix right it. There. So I'll just start talking because for some reason, Jack's mic popped out. We've been having a bunch of weird technical difficulties because we, we kind of did a room upgrade. And you don't really get space for, uh, this might hurt your ears. Yeah, so just push it in. Is it in? This is weird. Keep going, Tim. There you go. You get it? 
I don't know. I'm talking to it. All right, I'm back. He's back. Jack I'm is back. back. There you go, everybody. Sorry about that. My big meaty hands breaking things. Yeah. You know what it probably was is the uh, the cables, the, the my cables go into the stand. Got it. And so when someone moved it, it pulled it out. There you go. But take a look at this story. Let's let's actually we're, we'll li- we're live, people. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> the DNC had to disable the chat room after trolls crash Warren appearance at Native American caucus meeting. There is so much wrong with this headline. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren was put on the Native American caucus for the DNC. I'm kind of I'm I'm. You, there, there are there is a DNA test. Yeah, she did it. She's she released not. the DNA test, uh-huh. and the number was she was half uh, one one thousand twenty fourth. <laughs> okay, there you go, and it just doesn't matter, right? It, it doesn't matter. I can't believe they did this. So, so I, I highlight this not because we need to rehash everything they did. They had to disable the chat room, but the DNC has been digital, and that I think they've made so many mistakes. They didn't realize everyone was going to come and rag on them, was going to give them thumbs down and, and, and relentlessly attack them. And somehow they are, like, like you were saying, they were bum- they're bumbling around like, like yeah. morons slipping on banana peels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put Elizabeth Warren on the Native American caucus panel. What? That's such a slap in the face. They've already complained about this. The Native American community has already said, this is ridiculous. We have tons of thoroughly vetted actual Native Americans. This is... This is a mockery. And for them to just ignore that and carry on, it's like, wow, you re- you guys really care about minorities. Yeah. So this this brings us back to the diabolical or just dumb. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> They're intentionally forgetful, at least. Diabolical or dumb. Diabolical, that's like that's a, whole, a good game. That's like a whole sequence. That's a whole segment. It's, this one's got to be dumb, right? This one's got to be dumb. No, but, but listen, listen. No, it's got to be diabolical because they all have seen the freaking test. And and it was a meme. Like, listen, I, I when I was recording this I, I on, my, on my main channel, over at youtube.com slash timcast. I, my main segment was on the failures of the DNC because last night was, the night before last was insanely bad with that weird, you see that dancing thing the guy did? What are they doing? Awful. I've, yeah, it's just like high, freshman high school talent show production. Just really bad. It looked like those old YouTube videos. Then last night, we have, they put, <laughs> they put Elizabeth Warren in the Native American caucus and I'm thinking to myself, how could this be an accident? How could this be an accident? Right? It's not. It's not an accident. The funny thing is, is it, it? They're basically like just boomering all over this thing. They're <laughs> yes. like, they're like, hey, we're gonna have a chat. We're gonna have a chat room. <laughs> right, 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 right. Great. That's not gonna go well. And I think I saw uh, Matt Taibbi, a former Rolling Stone guy. I think uh, he called it. I tweeted it out. He called it a uh, a neocon telethon. Yeah, which is basically what it felt like. And I only took a peek in a couple of times, you know, because you got to see what's going on. But it it is as bad as you think it would be. Then it's actually worse. And I think this actually gives the Republicans a little leg up what not to do. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, It's pretty obvious what not to do. Don't do this. It's terrible. It's terrible. And all the polls are closing now. They're all tightening up. Right. Uh, as they keep coming out. Yeah. Tr- Trump's trailing Biden by about one point in a bunch of battleground states, according to CNN. Yeah. And that's margin of error territory. Yeah. CNN showed like a 10 point closure or nine point closure over the last month. Wow. Yeah. CNN did. Because when 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 Biden shows his face, it's bad news. Mm-hmm. And well, what it, I think uh, Harris Harris has something to do with that as well. Oh, man. What a, what a disaster. So, you know, particularly I wanted to highlight this for one because the DNC is just an insane disaster. I have to question whether it's on purpose or not, like they're trying to lose. I think so. But I, but I do think it's a good way to, to, to dive back into, for people who might not be familiar with you, mm. you wrote the book yeah. on leaving the Democratic Party, the yeah. OG, 
like you're the first person to explore this leaving the Democratic Party, writing a book about it, asking people why they did it. Yeah. So when I look at this stuff, I have to ask, is it kind of like this is, you know, contributing factor? Uh, you know, the, the bumbling boomerism is something that I can laugh. <laughs> I can laugh at right now. But, you know, honestly, the, the reasons for leaving the Democrats just run so much deeper. They run so much deeper. And, and, and I wrote the book in, in the aftermath of 2016. So it's almost four years old now. Right. And, and everything, every trend, every concept that we identified in there from intersectionality to the network warfare, to the social media, uh, lack of cohesion, uh, to a, you know, political correctness, which is really like a version of mind control. Um, all these things that we, that I outlined in depth, in depth there, uh, have just continued to worsen and it continued to come on display. I, I wrote that book sort of thinking it was niche back then, even though 9 million people, 9 million people voted for Obama and then for Trump. Uh, but you know, the attention on it was niche. Uh, but now all the issues there, they are the issues at this point, anti-globalism, bring home the troops, you know, let's focus on onshoring manufacturing back to the United States. China is actually a threat. Oh my God. Like they're trying to steal from us and our, eat our lunch and poison us all at the same time. Um, and, and just also a real big focus in the book on, on college campus culture, title nine intersectionality. And, uh, I came up this way. I, I went all through Pennsylvania, interviewed people in South and South sort of central Pennsylvania and up in the Lehigh Valley as well. And uh, did a national survey. So it's like filled with actual data, actual research, actual interviews, plus a lot of uh, personal stories in there, too. And, uh, you know, I don't see anything having changed from that. All the factors that led to nine million people ditching the Democrats and, and voting for Trump, they've all those trends have only worsened. Uh, I don't know very many people who made the switch who are like, ah, I'm fed up with Trump. Forget about it. I'm going back to the Democrats now. I don't think that that's a real phenomenon. But as we have seen, the Democrats are continuing to lose what people might call the center. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when you're losing guys like the Weinsteins and you're losing, you know, the the, the Ruben was a little bit late on the game. You know, when when some of our most favorite uh, formerly progressive uh, journalists, YouTube stars uh, also are leaving the, the leaving the left. It is a it is a trend that the thinking I think it's a thinking man's decision. There's a real component to the Trump network uh, that is an, uh, very intellectual, very well thought out, well considered, forward thinking, um, attached to the grand conversations of our lifetime and of, the, of, of, of humankind, really, uh, and looking to extend those in our American experiment. And we see what's happening to the Democrats, the 2020 Democrats, as being you know, contrary 100% to the American project. And, and we have to fight against that. It is literally 2016 over again. It, the, the same projections are coming out. It's, it's the same. Same strategy. It's the same. The, the only thing that's different is that Biden is a worse candidate than, than Clinton. <laughs> and Kamala and Kamala Harris is even is, even less likable. Is even less likable. <laughs> Seriously. Right? right? Well, and, well. Tr and Trump has been president for four years and is the incumbent. So, like, if, if everything is the same except for those elements, I don't see how how Trump loses. And, man, if the popular polls are tightening this early. Right. At this point of the election where uh, I think I saw Cernovich mention that they're 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 they must know it's coming in, in a bad way if they're if they're starting to reflect reality this early in yes. the season. Donald Trump bought the most expensive ad space in digital. You, yeah. you heard the story. Yeah, the YouTube, the YouTube homepage, yeah. homepage banner. This is this is, you know, multi-billion views per month. And The New York Times said he was able to do it because the Democrats didn't buy their ad space during their own convention. 
I can't believe that. During their own convention where they're publishing on YouTube, they didn't buy their own ad space. I might, you know, I, I was reading the story and I was like, if Donald Trump buys this during their convention, how does how is that possible? They must not have bought. And I read it and like, there it is. They must know they're going to lose. So so like I was saying earlier, you know, you got Biden and Harris. You're 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 at home. Your friend hits you up and says, yo, we're going out. You're in a rush. Your socks are dirty. So you just grab two random out of the drawer. One's old ratty and one's like a weird, you know, sock. You don't care because you're not trying to impress anybody. At Dairy Queen. So that, that's what it feels like. It does. It feels like when I would go out of the house with flip flops and socks. On. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. exactly what it's like. You're like. You know, when I'm when, uh, you know, I get all dressed up for work. I sure you do. When I'm when I'm walking down the street to like drop something in the mailbox, it's flip flops, it's shorts. I'm wearing like a, I, I slept in this dirty shirt. It's stretched out and sweaty. And I don't care. <laughs> That's what it feels like. That is what it feels like. And I, I saw a report. I'm not exactly 100 percent sure if it's accurate, but it, it was in the mainstream media that uh, Obama Despite amassing enormous amounts of post-presidential wealth, yes. has not d- donated Ooh. a single penny to the Biden campaign. And uh, if I remember, his uh, his endorsement of him was tepid, and it was yeah. I think only after it was clear that he was going to become the winner. Yeah. Um, I, 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 Obama has a mansion in the toniest part of Washington D.C. that is literally walking distance to the White House. Okay. Wow. He didn't get out of town. He stayed there. He's worth gazillions of dollars, and he's relatively a young man. Yeah. You don't think he's sitting around there trying to, you know, you don't think he's pushing all this. I think mm-hmm. that he, among, um, over everybody, may know how incompetent and bumbling Joe Biden he really said it. is. It, the, the, the report came out from Politico and several other outlets that he said Joe Biden doesn't, Joe, uh, Joe doesn't have it. He doesn't. You know, and he, <laughs> my, my favorite was don't underestimate Joe's ability to F yeah. things up. Ooh, spicy. <laughs> so rude. So, at the DNC, they actually played one of these, like, it was a cringy B-tier, you know, dollar store knockoff walkaway of former Trump voters now voting Democrat. Yeah. And it just felt plastic and fake. Yeah. And I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe it. Yeah. I don't because every, every time, you know, I talk to, I, I have a lot of friends who are still just not paying attention and they're definitely, you know, voting for Joe Biden. But I have some friends who, man, I'm on, I was on, I was on Facebook earlier and these two guys that I know from back in my hometown were arguing and one dude was 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 just giving these really dumb meme talking points about orange man bad and the other dude who's just a guy a family guy was saying all these things about china and about intersectional and and i was like this guy knows what he's talking about yeah. i was like wow to see like dudes from my hometown being i don't i guess you call it red pilled whatever they 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 know what's going on they're paying attention they've been they've been politically activated arguing with these other guys who are just dead set on being in the tribe of the democrats so, so that's it. It's the tribes now. So here's what I'm thinking with your book. You found nine million people. Or I'm, I'm sorry. There were nine million people. You found many of you. You talked to them. You wrote this book about it. I have to imagine the number is going to be bigger this time around, it right? Has, it has to be. It has to. You have, have to grown. write a follow up. There, I, I am going to write a follow up. The thing is, is, I don't know how it's going to end yet. So right, right. So like, it's prepared. In fact, I've got like ten books that I could write, really. Uh, but there will be a follow up to this, of course, seeing how things shake out. But I just. Uh, I have not heard one credible argument from somebody who did vote for Obama and then for Trump who thinks that was a bad decision. And I want to return Bi- Biden is just as Hillary was literally Obama part three mm-hmm. and yep. they're not hiding it. It's not even a secret. So we have the same choice again. And even this time, even more so when they bring people like Kasich and, and um, Colin Powell 
and other you know Repu- republicans uh to to the dnc uh it only just shows that the democratic party is actually the part of the uniparty which yeah. is actually who part of the gop establishment is as well and so if you want an alternative from the uniparty there's only one person to choose i posted a meme a few years ago and it's uh the stock image of uh, a guy and a girl and the guy's got his arm around the girl but then his other hand is behind. It's like she's got his arm around him and his, and his hand is going behind the couch and holding the hand of another woman. Yeah, yeah, I've seen and, this. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the meme is like the Democrats say all these really nice things to you when really it, the uniparty, it's, it's the establishment. Yeah. This is why I think it's, it's weird that so many of the progressives have joined in the, the, the rock throwing with the Democratic establishment. Because the, the, the Never Trump or Republicans establishment ran, you know, tails between their legs to the Democratic establishment saying, help, help, we've been kicked out of our house. <laughs> and then the progressives hating Trump said, we'll throw rocks with you. And my thing's like, if Trump wins another four years and actually succeeds in crushing the establishment, then the progressives have a, cl- have a clean shot at 2024. I think that's what they're thinking anyway. So are they going to yeah. vote for Trump too? Well, staying home. Sort, yeah. of the, sort of the same thing uh, if they were dyed in the wool and had ordinarily yeah. voted Democrat. Um, you know, the, the, this theory, ba- you know, sort of raises the question, who do they have on the bench that would have been the person, you know, if they were serious, let's say, who would have been the person that they would have run this year? And I've said all along, you don't want to lose to Donald Trump. That will ruin your credibility, right? So I think the Democrats, yes. it sounds like they might be throwing it. There's a number of reasons why Good you would point. feel like it. But that theory also then includes like, okay, well, who is their secret weapon? And I don't know who Michelle that Michelle Obama. I mean, th- that's my first thought. You know, it, it, it seems to make sense. Um, you know, we're not conspiracy theorists. We're conspiracy analysts. Right? Yes, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, I just read that somewhere. That's not my quote. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, and and so you know, in order to round that theory out, I, I would try to figure out who that person is in the background. Maybe we don't know who it is just yet, but I, I can't think that this is any this Biden. I'm going to keep calling her Kamala uh, <laughs> Harris. Um, uh, uh, ticket is 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 like their best shot at a winning coalition. I think, I think it's their worst shot. Yeah. I think it, it really feels like they sat down in a room and said, we don't want, we don't even want to waste Buttigieg, you know, <laughs> right. he, he's a small town mayor, but he's got more than Biden does. Right. So if we're planning to lose, what's the bottom of the barrel that we don't care? Well, you know? I mean, Harris dropped out of the, I mean, who knows why she dropped out? Maybe she dropped out of the, uh, the, the primary because she knew she was going to be the veep all that yeah. time ago. But also, she was performing very poorly. Right. Right. So they just added, like, the worst performer to the ticket. <laughs> so what, what sense is based that? On, based on her identity. Yeah. Which isn't even the one that they said they were going to pick, right? That's not what they said, yeah. yeah. So my first thought when they picked Kamala was, like, it's over. It's done. This is great. This is the perfect person they could have chosen to make sure that Trump gets elected again. Yeah. And I don't know if that was their plan, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, Maybe, maybe 2024 is where it's at and they're just resigned. And I don't even know if they're thinking that far ahead, though, because in my experience, people tend to not think that far ahead. Diabolical or dumb. Exactly. That's, that's a, all that, the question. That, that, you should write another book. Dumb yeah. or diabolical. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the, and, and, and you could do that now and then you could write Democrat, Democrat to Deplorable, you know, part two. Part two. It's coming. It's a phenomenon. So the Democrat to Deplorable book isn't just stories about people. I mean, it is a philosophical and moral justification for why voting for Donald Trump was essential. Okay. Uh, it's about defending reality, basically. It's about defending Western civilization, basically. It's about defending the enlightenment and rational thinking and natural rights of man that span all 
epochs of history there are universal rights that are part of the, the grand ongoing human conversations that are being completely thrown to the side and destroyed by the Democrats. So there's real reasons to do that. Uh, and so the, the, these are structural forces at work, tectonic plates. They're not going to stop. They're not going to turn on a dime. It's going to keep going and grinding. And uh, we're just waiting for that earthquake, really. Yeah. And Donald Trump wasn't even just that. He was, he was a weapon that was launched by the, the, you know, the, the sort of insurgent network. Uh, but uh, the earthquake hasn't happened yet because we're all still sort of moving in this same tense lockstep thing, uh, feeding off each other with no clear winner and no clear new direction. You know what I'm finding fascinating right now? We had this in 2018. You had the squad, the rise of the squad, you mm-hmm. know. So you've got Ilhan Omar, Anna Presley, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and Rashida Tlaib. Most of the progressives did poorly in the Democratic primaries. Uh, or in, in, in their actual, yeah, in their primaries. I think it was uh, out of 78, seven actually won. And they got endless press coverage. AOC, the new celebrity. She was the, she was the one. She got 8.3 million followers. But right now, we're seeing a ton of Republican primaries with new kind of populist pro-Trump candidates winning. A lot of Republicans retiring. So Byron Donalds, for instance, if you're familiar, uh, so I think he's in, in Florida's uh, um, 19th. Okay. He's a pro-Trump, black conservative. They tried to, someone tried pulling this illegal stunt where they sent out fake text. Did you see this? No. Oh, I, I heard about it, but yeah, I don't fake, know the details. Yeah. Fake text messages got sent out saying he dropped out of the race on the day of the election. And that's a dirty trick. He ended up winning his primary. But it's, a, it's an R plus 13 district, which means he's in. Right. A pro-Trump right. member of Congress. It, it looks like we're seeing a bunch of these stories about Trumpian type uh, uh, you're laughing because you're looking at the story. We got ready to go. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> okay. No, but but um. So we're we're gonna talk about Laura Loomer for sure. Yeah. But it looks like we're seeing this phenomenon on the right, same as we see it on the left, with a new kind of populist insurgent base coming in and pushing out the establishment politicians. The media doesn't go after it the same way they go after the squad. The squad is magic. You know, eight point three million followers for AOC. She's the she's the star. But we, we've got a bunch of uh, conservatives that have been stepping up to the plate, you know, saying something's going to be done. I'm going to do it. And specifically, this is a segue into Laura Loomer as kind of the Democrats reckoning, you know, not necessarily just the Democrats, but the the establishment elites, the the, the, the tech uh, technocrats. They tried shutting Laura Loomer down and now she's won her primary. She's in a D plus nine district. So I'm wondering if she can actually win. I'm not just doing this, you know, segment to be like, I mean, first of all, I think it's amazing she won a primary. I would Agreed. Yeah. And, and she is, I think she's probably the most driven person I've seen. I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. You can criticize all of her stunts after being banned from every single platform. She just does not stop. And now she's the, you know, the primary, she's the Republican nominee for this district. We'll see if she, we'll see if she wins. But the bigger issue at play involving her is this story right here. Twitter maintains ban on candidate Laura Loomer. They say, Politico says, Loomer is a far-right activist whose confrontations with journalists and political figures helped her amass an online following. They say, quote, the account owner you referenced was permanently suspended for repeated violations of the Twitter rules. We do not plan to reverse that enforcement action, the company said in the statement. Now, they're going to go on and, and talk about why she was banned, but I don't necessarily trust them. Politico's big picture says social media companies have at times given political figures more leeway when their speech violates rules so the public can hear directly from their representatives. But it seems that won't be enough to get Loomer tweeting again. Do you know what was the like the, the final nail in the coffin for her on Twitter? 
I think it was was it the Uber thing? No, no, no. It was the, the Ilan Omar. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About uh, wanting to see like another nine eleven or something like that. No, she's she's she said that uh, Ilan Omar supports Sharia law. Oh, right. And that under Sharia, you know, these different groups are marginalized and oppressed, and that was it. Hmm. And I said, you mean you mean to tell me out of everything she's done, it was the criticizing a politician that got her the axe on this platform? I mean, that's what all the that's what all the politicians are doing to each other all the time. Sure. And now she's actually a politician, uh, you know. It, and they won't restore her. That's it, that's the precedent. This is this is going to put the squeeze on them. Um, it, it's going to make them as blatant, put their hypocrisy out there as blatantly as possible. But if there's one thing that we've learned so far, there's no shame. Yeah. And and they always double down. Yep. There's no backtracking. There's no compromising. There's no. You know, my bad on that one. No, they they have to double down. So right. uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But I just want to say one thing about Laura Loomer. I met Laura Loomer back uh, a long time ago, years ago, when she just had literally a couple thousand followers and she was at Project Veritas. And uh, it was clear to me then that she had an unstoppable will to succeed. <laughs> there is absolutely you know no it, question about that. She told me that she was getting anxious, being at the desk and wanted to get out there and do stuff. And well, guess what, man? She got out there. She did stuff. She got banned. She did more. She's punk rock. She she like co-opted the system. You know, yep. one, quick side note. I went to Evergreen State College to speak at a class there. And I thought that this was going to be an excellent like news event for me. So I go all the way out to Washington. I speak at an Evergreen State College right after the Brett Weinstein wow. thing. All that stuff, right? Nobody knows. You want to know why? Well, not maybe this is the only reason, but you want to know what happened the day that I'm at, I'm at Evergreen. Jack Murphy, Democrat to deplorable, is at Evergreen State College here <laughs> to like you know be a part of the whole conversation, the Weinstein thing, the whole thing. That very day, Laura Loomer changed herself to the front door of Twitter, and she hijacked all of Twitter, trending Amazing. number one. So like she knows and she's driven, and you know I would not doubt her ability to see this thing all the way through. And once she right. gets, if she gets in, I mean, who knows? Who knows? So kudos to Laura on that win. Congratulations, Laura. I mean, I mean it. Yeah, I, I don't uh, I don't follow her policy wise. Yeah, I me think neither. she's absolutely <laughs> been. She said bombastic things on social media and yeah. she's been criticized for it. But yeah. to the people who underestimated her, boy, are they going to get a reckoning now? 100%. When, when I, I think she very well could win. I, I'm pretty sure she's betting on it. When, when, I, when she announced she was running and I saw this, I was like, she's in a D plus nine district. Yeah, is that I'm like, what's the strategy behind that? Well, it's, it's Trump's Mar-a-Lago district. Right. And I think when you have a, a, a will of pure fire like she does. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's funny because for all the things she's been made fun of, all the stunts she's done, it's all worked. Yep, indeed. And so it's funny when, when people laugh. And I'm like, you realize it's part of the game. Yep. When she, was, when she chained herself to the door of Twitter and everyone on Twitter is laughing, it's like they banned her and then she dominated the platform. Yep. Yeah, they, you underestimate your enemy at your own peril. Well, it's an interesting uh, sort of thing to look at on a on a bigger level, which is if you want to be either an activist, a journalist, a media person, and you're coming into it with no established professional network, you don't have corporate backing, you're not just, oh, I got hired at New York Times and I got a blue check with 50 followers. <laughs> you You have to earn it. Yep. You have to earn it. And one of the ways people ask me, how do you grow on Twitter? And I'm like, Dude. and I read these guys like tweet every day and add value. I'm like, no, nah, that's not going to do it. You have to literally become the news. You have to like make the news happen or become something we're talking about or become an event. And Laura went out there. 
and she she earned all this all this attention through her work so whether or not you agree with her policies or whatnot it is sort of a good example of new media like how to build how to build that capital think about the amount of uh, um i just i don't know what you'd call it strategy uh whatever to to take over the news cycle yeah more than once i know yeah repeatedly and so when i see these journalists laughing and making fun of her i'm like you realize that's the point she she's she just made you all give her all of your attention and that's a lot of what got trump trump uh in, elected was that the media couldn't shut up about him mm-hmm. made you look. And, and now sure enough laura yeah. loomer is winning the primary well one of the key fundamental elements of persuasion is attention attention is influence right yep so she's getting that attention and she is earning her influence what she does with it we'll see uh but it is it is a good example of how to build capital and power within an environment which is already saturated yep right there's already a million players everybody has a phone and a twitter account except for, except for laura and uh and 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 yet you know she made her way all the way up from from zero to six. this through sheer force of will in only a matter of a couple of years yeah six hundred thirty thousand followers on parlor though Outstanding. so once you know given access to a new platform with followers but the reason I did want to bring up Laura is not, you know, to necessarily get into the the controversy over, you know, her character. Yeah. No, it was specifically how she should she should absolutely be reinstated. Hundred percent. This is this is actually this wor- this is this is very very worrying that we come to a point now. You could be sixteen years old and get banned from Twitter because you're a dumb kid. Now you're in your thirties and you're cut out from political life because the, the, the social media platforms where people use for commerce for communications have banned you from past discretions. That to me is scary. Yeah. Shouldn't shouldn't she at least be allowed to have a campaign account that's run by staff that tweets policy ideas? Hundred percent. I, I think so for sure. Yeah. And now we're seeing the future that's being carved out by these lunatics. And I think Jack Dorsey, you know, I think he's a figurehead. I don't think he has any real power. Yeah. He, he whispers all the sweet nothings in the world about a decentralized social media and the paths to redemption that never come to fruition. <laughs> Instead, yeah. it's a publicly traded company that is desperate for a clean image and will nuke anybody who they think threatens their advertising and their dollars or their stock value. They don't care about politics. They don't care about civic duty. They don't care about the presidency, our government, keeping our, our country safe. They said it to me. They're a global company. They, you know, I get emails and it's like, your tweet was reported, but found we found no violation of German law. You ever get one of those emails? <laughs> not from a different country, no. I, I get, get it. I get it from from America, definitely, but not about German German law. <laughs> yeah, I've received emails that says your account was reported, but we found no violations of German law. It means Dang. people in Germany are reporting it. I have before. You know, um, we, we've seen a lot of people get the notice notices from I think Pakistan, saying you found to be in violation of Pakistani law. And I've seen a lot of conservatives get mad about that. Why is Twitter sending me that I violated Pakistani law? I'm not Pakistani. And I actually think it's a good thing they're doing this. Because now you know, if you go to that country, they're going to arrest you. Right. Because you blasphemed, you know, the prophet or something. Right. Terrifying. That part. (laughs) All of it, actually. We're addicted to social media. I'm glad to see Parler getting the attention that it's getting and becoming more and more more prominent. Did you hear about my fiasco with Parler? Yes, I did. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Uh, they purged your account where they deleted everything? Yeah, I signed up. Within two days, I had like 1,400 followers with zero. I followed zero. I, my first few, what do you call them, parlays were asking them about their terms of service. They started deleting my questions about terms of service in, selectively. Yeah. And then they banned my account. And then I actually got the CEO 
on the line on the phone because I raised the stink on Twitter and it was a hot topic. So it got tweeted all up the chain. And uh, the CEO at Parler and I had a conversation where he promised me that the terms of service were just boilerplate and just lawyer stuff. And it was all the lawyer's fault. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I gave Parler a shot. It's just it, it, it they, they banned me within five seconds. I think I think what we need first and foremost is uh, Section 230 reform. Yeah. I've talked about it quite a bit. The the re- companies use this, they have this. There's this law called Section 230. Most of you are probably familiar, but for those that aren't, it shields them from personal, you know, their company's liability. If, 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 if I go on Twitter and I defame, libel, slander Jack, Jack can't sue Twitter. He has to sue me. Se- Section 230 guards them. But it also gives them sp- specific exemptions for what they can remove without being considered a publisher, for, you know, for the purpose of lawsuits. I believe it should be specifically illegal speech, like threats, yeah. you know, incitement to violence, explaining how to commit crimes, things like that. They should be able to remove that and other certain issues. Now, we had uh, Bill Ottman, from the CEO of Minds, on the show on Monday, and he made a good point. What about a Christian blog that is now forced to host, you know, pornography because it's legal? So, you, you've, you've, you know, they should have a, a right to remove stuff, but it becomes particularly challenging. I think that's an important path forward, but in terms of censorship— we need to find a way to guarantee that people can't be banned, period. And so I think there's something called the Fediverse. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. It's probably pretty technical. Mm-mm. It's Here's how it would work. You wouldn't create a Twitter account. You'd create your own website. Mm. And then people would subscribe kind of like an RSS feed or whatever. Yeah. So when you post, you know, I'll do air quotes, a tweet, a simple post. Yeah. What's really happening is you're just posting to your own website. Yeah. But other people auto pull it to their feed. So they have a news feed on their own websites. So basically, no one can ban you. It's your site. Right. People subscribe kind of like email, but I know, think uh, Twitch is something similar to that. I gave that a shot as well. But again, you know, there's this critical mass with the networks that's so important, which yep. is why Twitter is what it is. I, you know, I think about what it would be like to have Twitter taken away from me. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 concerning, you know, and not necessarily just for like business side, but just like just it's part of my life you know right. and that's where uh, virtually almost a hundred percent now of my friends social life professional life clients customers network everything in my life that i talk to every day came through my experience on twitter and we've been dming to even set up the show yeah you know we go on twitter and i'm like yo jack yeah yeah so i can see why somebody like laura would and and anybody who gets banned from it would feel you know uh, a lot of negative feelings about that and wouldn't it this would be literary right like this would be this would be a literary story if laura loomer gets banned from twitter tries to get back on gets rejected decides i'm going to do something about this goes down to Florida, gets elected to Congress, goes to Congress, gets on the right committees, makes a stake, and somehow pushes reform for social media through our legislature. That would be freaking amazing. I kind of think that that will happen. Yeah. Because... It's a great character arc. I I, I, I just got to say, considering what she's been able to pull off, I would not be surprised if she wins. She gets in. She slams her fist on the table and says this is unacceptable i am a member of congress how how am i how do i not have access to my constituents through digital media and i wouldn't be surprised if she wins it i think that the overall level of the understanding um demonstrated 
of technology by Congress at the last round of hearings has actually increased, right? It seems as though they're starting to actually understand what the real issues are. Yeah. Um, I follow a guy, Matt Stoller, wonderful guy, great book, Goliath. People should read about it. You were talking about antitrust earlier. He's a big antitrust guy. And he was talking about and just remarking openly how the, the, the caliber of the questions, the understanding demonstrated by the Congress about these issues has actually grown quite a bit because the first round of uh, hearings that they did a year or two ago, you know, I mean, there was just senators up there just being like, so now tell me, how do you send a tweet? And now they really are digging into the serious issues. So who, there's progress there. Who was it who like asked, I can't remember, someone asked one of the tech CEOs, he asked Sundar Pichai about an iPhone. Was that Ted Cruz or something? <laughs> no, Ted's actually had some pretty good intel yeah. I, i've seen him cite project veritas research and stuff up there uh, in the hearing so he he's on the ball but there are some other people that certainly are not uh but laura would certainly bring a different flavor and a new energy to these investigations and you know th there's you know gonna what? there's something's gonna come of that. That, that that's an amazing you can write that you can write no one would believe it i'm not a fan of i guess negative and aggressive rhetoric I don't like insulting people or being mean. So I think there are things that I would you know, be, be very critical of Laura, of Laura Loomer over. Yes. But I think having a staunch defender of free speech with that much energy, yeah. I think whether you agree with her or not, that kind of energy in politics is desperately needed. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying her personal politics, that I, I haven't gone over her, her stance on many issues, but it feels like a lot of a lot of Congress, a lot of the Senate is just do nothing, you know, do nothing politicians who want the keys to the castle because they'll get a fat paycheck. They can I, I think politics attracts low t like low skill, low intellect people who want an easy path towards some kind of name in the history books. Yeah. So they're like, I don't know how to do anything. I'll just tell people what they want to hear so that they elect me. And then I get to be, you know, put on the little little chart of people who have been here. Right. Well, now that's Joe Biden for sure. Definitely. But that is not Donald Trump. So there exactly. you go. And it's not Laura Loomer. She, oh, she's there to, to bring a reckoning to the people who for real. I mean, <laughs> vengeance. Yes. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's it's you, you play dirty games. You you get, you know, you equal get what you deserve. Well, I don't want to say it too aggressively, but an equal, equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. You, you ban people, you shut them out. Eventually, someone's going to bite back, and they're going to come back. And now you're going to say, if only they let Laura Loomer keep her Twitter account, <laughs> she wouldn't be in Congress. But this is what, this is what happens when you underestimate your, your opponents. Yeah. And someone with a will like her, she's going to be in Congress, and she's going to be 10 times the thorn in their side than she would have been on Twitter. <laughs> but they couldn't help themselves. No. It's the stupid games they play. They don't, they, in, instead of saying, I don't like what you have to say, mute. They say, I don't like what you have to say. I'm going to try and destroy you. Yeah. You know what is troubling now that I think about it is this is presenting a situation in which now we're going to have some precedent if Twitter continues to officially ban, if she gets elected. Yeah. And Twitter continues to officially ban like a sitting elected con congressman or congresswoman then that is not that much farther from then just like banning a presidential candidate. Exactly. Yeah. They've already said that, you know, Donald Trump can tweet things and if they break the rules, we'll flag them, right? That means today, someone who's 25, who could possibly be a future president, could get banned for saying the same thing as our current president. That makes no sense. Right. Our current president is speaking. If you repeat him, you'll get banned. And then you can't, when you become president, you have no access. Dude, if he, uh, the, the, the moment his 
term is up, whether it's at the end of this year or four years from now, like literally the moment that the clock goes like his Twitter account's gone. Don't you think? Yeah. I don't think it'll be a hammer drop snap because they love making money off them. Right. I think Trump saved Twitter. I do. Politics saved a lot of media companies. This Trump and politics and this 2016 stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When before Trump, Twitter was actually hard to use, confusing, and it was losing users because, you know, it used to be about following celebrities and celebrity gossip. Then Trump started using it and it just exploded because now his supporters were signing up. His, you know, haters were signing up. And I think the reason they won't ban him is because he's the linchpin now. They pull that pin out, the whole platform unravels, becomes boring. Yeah, and there's possible. no conversation anymore. That is possible. So I, I but you're but you're right in the sense that if he's out of office, he doesn't provide that service anymore. He's no longer a, a, a strong voice. He'll he'll still have his voice, he'll still be, have millions and millions of followers, he'll still be a former president, and he'll chime in periodically. But it won't have the immediate impact as he's no longer in office. Yeah. And I know they're all worried about it. Yeah. There, there, there was a report from Digiday saying that media companies are panicking about what uh, over what happens if Trump loses. <laughs> yeah, their revenue is going to get cut in half. I love it when he says that just blatantly straight out to them. You guys love me. You need me. I'm making you money. <laughs> yep. It's awesome. You know what, man? I say this every time it happens. When Bloomberg started dumping money on YouTube, yeah. I was like, I'll make it rain, Bloomberg. Those Bloomberg bucks fall, up, fl- fall all over YouTube with those YouTube, that, that YouTube ad revenue. Yeah. I will absolutely take his money to make fun of him because yeah. I'm not making videos for him. <laughs> but you know what he does, what, what Biden does, what, the, what they do is they like putting ads on videos that challenge them so they can push back. Mm. And it's, I don't think it's going to work. No one's going to trust your, trust your canned advertisement over me chilling and having a long, you know, giving you a long rant about my ideas. Yeah. But Donald Trump just did, uh, I think it was like a, one of the biggest ad buys ever, a seven figure, like seven figures in a single month, just just blanketed this month. And the Democrats didn't do anything. And you know, Joe Biden's been raising money. Why won't they spend it? Why won't they spend it? They're going to save it. They don't even know how to spend it. They don't know how to do social media like Trump knows how to do it. And and even so, Trump could be doing it even better. I mean, there's so much more he oh, could yeah. be doing, I think. But he he is he's setting the pace, and he is the one out front. And whether they say it or not, he's probably in the lead at the moment anyway. So, Right on. You want to take some questions from the audience? Yeah, let's do it, man. So, so these are just general Super Chats. So I, you know, I have no idea what people are asking, but I'm sure there are some good questions. We're going to jump over to Super Chats. If you haven't already, you can hit the like button. It really does help with the channel. Make sure you subscribe because we're live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at TimCast. You can also check out my main channel over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Do you want to mention your, your channels and everything? Before yeah, we... Jack Murphy Live on Twitter, JackMurphyLive.com, Jack Murphy Live on Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. Also, check out our all men's community, the Liminal Order. That's liminal-order.com on YouTube, Jack Murphy Live as well. And you literally have this book. This book, Dem- Democrats are Deplorable. Get it on uh, Amazon I, uh, two and a half years later, and it is still selling very well. The the, the attention put on it uh, is, is continuing to grow. Uh, cool. And uh, it, it, cre- it, it creeps up into like the top 10 in anthropology every so often so so it was up there with uh anti-racist and white fragility right wow. there in the top 20 just the other Very day cool. yeah the other and, side uh, of you know so and, and that's without any corporate backers it tim pool is my largest corporate backer <laughs> just for having you on the show i guess <laughs> yeah it, it feels so much like uh like a late night show like i'm here i'm joined by jack murphy whose right, book is right, coming out right, yeah. right hold on let me get a sip <laughs> yeah 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 i got the mug now i got the democrats <laughs> portable mug Thank you, Jack. Hey, let's read. Let's read. Let's read some of these super chats. 
Mr. Scratch, the first super chat said, don't get complacent. Remember to vote. I say it all the time, man. We can we can sit here and talk about how we think the Democrats are going to lose, but it could be their secret strategy. The one joke we used to, we, we, we make often is that Joe Biden's going to walk out, you know, aching and shaking, and then he's going to somersault forward like Willy Wonka and spring up into life. And it was all a ploy to get everybody, you know, to underestimate him and then swoop in for that victory. I meant to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you guys got it. Yeah. <laughs> First Thessalonian says, Tim, will you be getting mods? Troll spammers are infecting the chat. Great job as always. Maybe. I mean, uh, I can't I can't commit to anything right now because we're just doing the show, but we'll have a conversation about it. Let's see. Seven Killer says, hey, can we get some public outcry about the movie Cuties coming out of Netflix? It's a you know what fantasy. It's absolutely disgusting. I don't know what that is. I saw something about that. And yes, it looks really disgusting and oh, it, no. it, it, it needs probably a little attention i don't even know if this is something we can converse about though which wow. is on netflix yes creepy yeah incredibly graf von tyrell says go buy a michelin tire with this super chat <laughs> but you know some people were saying like goodyear is an american company yeah and so now trump is saying go to foreign competitors yeah. well you know i tweeted out a handy dandy list of american tire manufacturers today Excellent. just in case anybody wanted to know with a big red hand-drawn <laughs> line right through Goodyear. Uh, because, man, this, this you know, boycotts, I think, are sometimes kind of stupid, but we do have to take a very serious attack on the infiltration of all these ideas into yeah. all of our institutions and corporations. We Otherwise, it's not going to stop. Exactly. That It's because these companies don't see pushback from conservatives or moderates. They just see the far left. That's the only thing that threatens them, so they just go for it. Yep. And that's going to be bad because then regular people are going to stop speaking out against it because everyone's doing it. You know, they'll go yep. with the flow. Yep. Aerodynamic says, our boy Yuri B got his speech used to promote the new Call of Duty teaser set in the Cold War. It's framed around the Soviet subversion tactics. Cool. Very cool. You're familiar with the uh, Yuri, was it Yuri Bezmanov? Yeah. Yeah, the propaganda video. Yeah, yeah. Super, super popular online. Daniel Ashley says, remember when Goodyear Tires was producing defective tires causing SUVs to roll over? Pepperidge Farm remembers. No. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm, I'm not sure if I know that one. Was that, was that, a, was that a thing? I don't know. Yeah, reaching that. back, reaching back. Mm. All right, let's see if we can pop up. Here we go. We got Gareth Green. He says, individual liberties and elected representatives existed in some parts of Europe, especially England, long before 1776. No taxation without representation was an appeal to English tradition. Look up Edward II, Charles I, and Oliver Cromwell. Yeah, 1215 was the Magna Carta. That's a long ways back. Uh, Jim Pina says, how come Jimmy Dore is flooded by, flooded my Chinese communist propaganda? Creepy AF, do you mean by? I would assume so. Hmm. I don't know. Is that what's happening? I don't know. Al Dente says, are we living in Pink Floyd's The Wall movie? I don't know, are we? We have great answers tonight. Yeah, yeah no, I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. No, everyone's like, I have no idea. I don't know. I used to, I used to watch that movie and listen to that album over and over and over and over again when I was a kid, though. Not Are so we sure. there yet? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Sean Scheisler says, "Hey Tim, would love to see you on with Officer Tatum live chat." Sure. The Price is Right review says, "Sup guys, I don't know if you've seen yet the latest update to James Younger in Texas. Well, with a court ruling, his mother can force." Force change James into a girl against his will, and Dad is forced to pay for it. Have wow. you have you heard about that? Um, not that particular case, but certainly I have tracked these issues where parental consent is being violated, and you know your guardianship is being violated. And and man, if divorce and separation wasn't hard enough on families and on children in the first place, adding a new layer like this where 
the court is going to decide to make you give your kid a surgery or a transition yeah, or mutilate their body or give them hormones. I mean, wow. If that's not an incentive, if that is not a disincentive towards natalism, marriages, families, I don't know what is. If, if, if the government is going to step in and force you like a slave to pay money for your child to be mutilated before your eyes against your will. It's going to get bad in this country, man. That's serious I, I, stuff, man. I mentioned that video from Shasta County, and I, I, I think you said you weren't familiar with it. Yeah. It's just some guy at a city council meeting or something, or a county meeting, and he said, they're, you know, you're lucky right now that regular citizens are being peaceful. Right. But he basically says that he went to war before to defend this country, and he doesn't want to, but he'll do it again, mm. and that people are going to you know, start fighting back essentially. I don't want to quote him too much because it was very spicy to say the least. Yeah. But I think stories like this, you're going to start, I mean, gun sales are through the roof, through the roof. Sold you, out. you, you, you have a, a court mandate that your child is going to go through what, you know, a life altering and in, in certain ways, limiting surgery. Like you're going to, you're going to uh, mutilation. But I mean, ending their ability to reproduce is outright your your yeah. your bloodline done gone. Yeah, you're gonna see some people get real violent real quick. Yeah, this is this is this is the state taking people's children away from them. It is it is very it is like the most serious elemental issue. You can turn your water off. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Okay. But if you're gonna make me work like a slave to take my money to mutilate my child against my will, I mean. They make movies about the kind of reaction to that. Exactly. Stuff. Indeed. Yep. I'm I want to get Michael Douglas. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm being careful not to get too having to language, but just just uh, I want you to picture this: a mother grizzly bear and her baby, and what would happen if you tried to say force that baby? You had a, a knife and you're going to injure it. Hmm. Wait, see what that bear does. Yeah. See what that bear would do to you, and then think about what happens when you know good regular people are staring down the barrel of the state. And the state saying we're taking your child, and you're gonna—it's going to get nasty. And now let's remember the root of this. The root of this is because feminist, the like ideas and 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 their mission mutated, and they grabbed onto this trans issue. They put it on national the cover of National Geographic a few years ago. It is now socially contagious. It's hip. It's kind of like a hip thing, right? When well, I was so, in school, it was like, you know, you were like a, a freak or a dork or a weirdo or a goth kid or whatever. And, you know, maybe now maybe now people are thinking, I question my identity. So all this stuff is political power maneuvering that is meant to wrest control away from people like me and other folks. And it's, it's sacrificing children at the altar of power and politics. And it's the most disgusting thing. I write about 25 pages on it in my book. This is why I kind of feel like it is chaotic with no end. There's no plan. There's no goal. It's just random, completely random. There, because when you think about what they claim their plans are, they don't actually implement what their plans are. There's no equality. There's no justice. It's just oppression across the board for literally everybody. Yeah. The end result is everything falls apart and everyone dies. Yeah. Just, just no joke. The end result is everything burns to the ground. Yeah. We're, we're at a point where mainstream culture essentially only allows you to entertain destructive forces. And because of that, as as moderates and conservatives and those who would challenge the status quo are being banned and silenced, then the only thing left is a conversation that's increasingly more and more unhinged to the point where you actually had a Democrat chain himself to a mailbox in Oregon. See, I, I'm not even it's not even a joke. 
A Democrat literally chained, put, I mean, he didn't like chain himself tightly. He threw a chain over himself and a, and a, and a mailbox, took pictures of it and says, Donald Trump's not getting this one. <laughs> no, one's, no one's stealing your mailboxes. It's just completely insane. They, 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 they start pushing unhinged, broken reality. But you think, I, I think the mailbox thing is a perfect example of their worldview, be, their worldview being just insane paranoia. And you think about what happens then when the state starts mandating it. What would happen right now if a governor came out and mandated that all of the mailboxes that had been stolen, you know, be put back and that those who stole them would be charged with theft of government property? And the mailman's like, but I was told that we were just relocating to more. They're moving them in many, yeah. or replacing them. Yeah, refurbishing them, right. painting them. It's normal. The happens all the time. Dude, I mean, we can take one minute to talk about this. The United States Postal Service has been under pressure for a long time to cut prices and to cut expenses, rather, from administrations from both parties for years and years and years and years. It's like an ethos throughout the U.S. Postal Service. We've got to shrink. They've even tried to figure out how to stop delivering the mail six days a week, do it for five days a week. They've been trying to cut overtime, cut everything. Everybody knows we're trying to cut expenses. And then all of a sudden, Democrats are like, hey, you doing this thing that we've demanded that you do after all this time. You guys are terrible, horrible, evil people working for Donald Trump. And it's like we have Russiagate all over again. And like, I wonder, 600,000 people work for the United States Postal Service. They have friends and family and colleagues and neighbors. And now they're being under attack and questioned. The election was decided by 77,000 votes last time. Yeah. Right. What happens if you just basically flush a million people down the toilet by saying that they're acting in a political way when, in fact, they're doing exactly what you've demanded of them for the last 25 years? Yep. Now, my my bigger concern is when we talk about a judge making orders and it moves to the point where they actually arrest the post office guy. And he's like, but I was just moving the mailbox. I don't understand. Well, you are stealing mailboxes for Trump's conspiracy. That's 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 where I feel like it goes. Yeah. Well, they're setting the stage for yet another four years of questioning the legitimacy of the election. Exactly. Very clear. Exactly. Trump's going to get reelected and they're going to say he stole it. And here's how we demand an investigation and we are going to get, you know, postal gate or whatever. (laughs) Yep. And they're going to and they're going to try and jam Trump up and not let him do his job. Yeah. And they're going to use this to do it. Yeah. I mean, remember the phrase going postal? Yes. Yes. Constantly (laughs) lately. Right. Okay. So like going postal has been in our vernacular for how long? And you're going to tell me that all of a sudden just now under Trump, the post office is inefficient and we don't like the way it operates. Come on. FedEx exists specifically because we don't trust the United States Postal Service to send our valuable and important things over in a timely fashion. Right. Like... This is common knowledge. But you know that the, the Postal Service Union endorsed Biden. Yes. So why? Let me, let me ask you a question. If, right. if, 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 you know, let's say you're voting for a Biden or a Democrat and a guy shows up to your house and he's got a MAGA hat on and he's like, I'm here to take your ballot to go turn it in for you. Yeah, right. You're going to be like, yeah, get out of here. Yeah. So no, why? So. why I, the, in New Jersey, the, the governor just mandated vote by mail for everybody. Oh, my God. I'm mad. I don't. I don't want to do that. I do not want a mail-in ballot. My polling place is a couple blocks away. I can. I got no problem to walk over, you know, and just fill something out, drop in a box. Wait, they're they're explicitly prohibiting you from voting in person. There are some in-person polling places, but they are doing wow. an executive order to mandate universal mail-in voting. Yikes! I got a mail-in ballot here for someone who doesn't live here. And I, I don't know what to do with it. What do I do? Throw in the garbage? Yes. I almost jokingly made a joke, but I'm not going to make a joke about that. Don't, don't, don't do anything with it other than throw it in the garbage. But I don't, I, don't, I don't even know if I can do that. Burn it. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I can destroy someone else's ballot. So it's just sitting, right. waiting for someone to let me know what I'm supposed to do with it. Oh, it's just mark return to sender and put it back. In the I guess, I guess right? That's a yeah, good point. Yeah. But I don't know if I'm allowed to mark it either. 
Right. It's 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 it is a an elect. I'm not I'm not I'm not going to touch it. It's I'm like not playing potato. games. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, it's sent here. It's someone else's ballot. The election's over, but I still don't know. Man. Can I write return to sender on someone else's mail Yeesh. when it's a when it's a ballot? Touchy. Yeah. Now the governor. So Trump is suing over this. And I'm I'm happy because I'm I am really angry that they're trying to force me to to do vote by mail. I'm not gonna drop my ba- my ballot's important to me. Yeah. I'm not gonna go drop it in a mailbox and walk away and then hope the postal you know guy gets it done right. No. I've had mail get lost all the time. Yeah. I want to go to my polling station at the at the you know the, the the local building where I know the people who are there, who who I've I voted there before. I know the process. I know what I'm familiar with. You know the crazy thing about this mail in ballot thing is that you know who's most negatively impacted by it? Hmm. Minorities. First-time voters. Hmm. Are they trying to lose? You know, in Washington, D.C., they just officially uh, eliminated the only way there was to register to vote online. Really? In yeah. D.C.? In D.C. They just shut it down. There was a website service, and they shut it down. So now new time, new voters, people who are first-time voters who have moved to D.C. now have to register in person somewhere in the middle of corona. But they have eliminated the way to register wow. online. So wow. none of it. That one is dumb or diabolical. Pretty sure that one's dumb. That sounds. Uh, yeah, I think that one's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just through sheer incompetence. Right. Man. So well, here's a question for you, Tim. What is what day is the election going to be decided? Oh, you mean that we have no idea? Yeah. No one does. Not November 3rd. Right. Do you think December 1st, January 1st, February how long is it go? How long was Bush v. Gore? That was like until December or something, wasn't it? So I, I, my, my understanding, I don't know. I don't know about Bush v. Gore. I was, you know, too young. <laughs> uh, I think I was like 13 or not even. Yeah, I think I was 13. But I was reading a Newsweek article and they said that by December 14th, if there's no electoral vote decision, then the uh, Supreme Court steps in, like ends it, and then it goes to House delegations. Do you think that that's the actual, actual, actual master plan? I don't I don't know. Uh, right now, Republicans have the state delegations. The plan may be to jam up the election. This is the Democratic plan. If the Democrats take the House and they take over the House delegations after November. So let's say November election happens and the, the local elections and the congressional elections are wrapped up within a couple days. But Trump isn't. Then comes December 14th and it goes to state it goes to the House delegations of which Dem- uh, I'm sorry, Republicans have the majority. Newsweek, uh, it was actually the founder of MSNBC said Trump would win regardless of the popular vote. Mm-hmm. Maybe they know he's going to win. So they're trying to make sure he wins in such a questionable way that they can always say no matter what he does, he's not a legitimate president. Definitely. The vote will be jammed up. December 14th, SCOTUS steps in. They, they complain. They egg his car like they did with Bush. They say he's not my president. This is a, Right now, he is your president. Yeah. And they hate it. So th- it's a meme among Trump supporters saying yeah, he's your president. Definitely. You know. But after this, it, you know, Trump will win, and then they'll use this as an excuse in 2024 to undo the things he did. Right. Trump is going to do a lot to shore up, you know, our borders. Uh, would you say onshore manufacturing? Yep. Bringing these factories back for sure. Um, getting our troops back, and they're going to argue that it was all Putin. It was all a scheme. It was all a scam. Yeah. Russia Gate's already back. They're saying a new report came out, and it proves collusion. And I'm like, you never stop with this, you know? Apparently, they don't. Never. Dumber diabolical. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we got some more super chats. Here's from Have Tommy says, quote, it is one of history's ironies that communism advertised as a classless society tended to breed a privileged class of feudal proportions. Henry Kissinger, any good tips when in a counter protest? You got any good tips for in a counter protest? 
you know, that's interesting. Um, I am not an advocate of outside public confrontation. Uh, and honestly, I think that uh, going and counter-protesting in a way that's going to breed confrontation is is not a good idea. That's not something that I support. When I go into these protests and the riots, like I'm glad for the corona corona right now because I go in full cover, full sort of <laughs> full sort of like scarf around, you know, and a hat pulled down and no identifying characteristics and I try to stay quiet and to the side but definitely with the camera up and going. Um, I'm not looking for any confrontation. In fact, I think it's best just to let these people look like idiots and let them do their idiot thing until, of course, or unless, of course, you know, they bust into your private community or right. like running up on your house and whatever. But like, you know, just just in a in the open space, you know, that's just not my thing. I, I, I mean, I fully support everybody's right to protest and free speech and freedom of assembly and, you know, go for it. But like, that's just this is not me right now. I'm trying to find other ways leverage other than that. A lot, a lot of people need to realize too that you'll be at a you'll be at one of these protests. Antifa will be smashing things. They could punch you in the face fifty times. The moment you punch back, that's the clip. Yep. yep. All all the clip would be is you hitting him, hitting the guy. No one will know why you hit him. No one will know it was self defense, and that's why the I mean the game's rigged, man. Yeah, man. When I go out, I've got not only do I have the camera uh, in the phone, but I've got uh, like a GoPro eight chest mount running constantly Very too smart. so that anything anybody that comes up to me anything it's all 100 percent recorded it's yep. all being streamed and, and and recorded so there's i gotta have something something yeah. to defend me that's actually what i what i do what i used to do is i would have a, a chest mount for my phone and i would turn the stream on and then when i was when it was downtime i would just click it into the the mount mm. and then just go about my business the stream was live the whole time oh there you yeah. go we got a super chat here from Jim Pina. He says, celebrating the anniversary with my wonderful Latina wife today. Stay awesome and please spin that UFO. Ooh, Do you want to give it a spin? I mean, this is complicated. I'm not supposed to just smack it, right? No, yeah, yeah, don't no, smack it. Don't. It'll pop off the base. <laughs> you just got to spray it. You just hold it and give it some air and at a slight angle. Just pick one of the angles and uh, there you go. Yeah. Now, now, you, now you got the UFO spin. Celebratory just, spin. Just like, just like that. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. So Sejong so the Great says, we need a, with a 1776 super chat, by the way. We need a central mailing address for all ballots that are recorded as being sent to places where they are not living. Trump needs an needs an office to notate the names, count registrations, and compare recordings. Hmm. Sounds like, yeah? Yeah. Justin says, in Fresno County, we have these ballot boxes specifically for ballots around the county. They get picked up every day from the county clerk office. You know, I mean, if, if I could, t if they mailed me a ballot and then I could go and bring it specifically to the location, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with beyond this though universal mail-in ballots is that someone's going to go around stealing ballots yeah it's that easy and then now they're, they're they're talking about fixing you know they they want this new amended voter signature verification where you get a chance to actually fix your signature i think we're gonna i think it's very likely that what's gonna happen trump's gonna win on election night i do win in air quotes like he's gonna get the the, the in-poll in-person votes and then they're going to keep finding ballots yeah and then it's going to be like, oh, oh, a little bit more. Oh, oh, a little bit more. Oh, oh, there it is. Biden won. Yep. And Trump's going to challenge it. It's going to be drawn out too long. Think about this. The United States Postal Service has been around as long as the country has been. We've voted for as long as the country has been around. When has anybody ever thought that we should mandate mail-in voting? Yeah. Why now? 2020. At the, 225 at years later. The 11th yeah. hour. Yeah, mm -hmm. when people used to ride on horseback and travel and like, you know, walk for miles or yeah. whatever. 
Yeah. And now we're going to like do something that no one ever believed in. That seems a little diabolical to me. Yeah. But I don't know. That actually, that may be I diabolical. See, yeah. I put my vote for that. There we go. It's, I, a, whole I, new, I, it's a whole new show. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I, I think when they're trying to ban voter ID in the, there's, I think what, 37 states have voter ID laws. Yeah. They're trying to ban that as yeah. part of their COVID relief. Yeah. That's 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 diabolical. Okay, to be fair, they've been pushing that for a while. That's right, not really right. New, no, but I'm not. Yeah. But still, it's, it is very. It has always been diabolical. Yeah. Xavier says, "Hey Tim, have you seen that Facebook has said that in order to use your Oculus VR headset, you need a Facebook account? Me and most other people who are into VR are going to ditch Oculus and use anything else. Where there's still, a, I think, Vive, right? Is that what it's called? V, what was it called? HTC Vive? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Are you are you big into VR at all? I am not. I am yeah. a Twitter guy. Twitter guy. <laughs> <laughs> Brewer says, my company sent notice re-HR implicit bias and diversity training. Yikes. I work for a faith-based tech company. I messaged back that I'm not doing it. I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, it's. but look, I, I left the news industry because of the wokeness. You know, I was like, I don't want to ruin my, I'm not going to do what you say. I'm not going to do the news the way you want it to do it. And my contract ends. It's time for me to go. Because some people want the money. And they'll just say whatever they're told to say and just quietly hum along. Yeah, this, me, this one's personal for me. I mean, wokeness kicked me out of my last industry, which was education, right? I got fired because of wokeness and implicit bias. Like, I spoke up in a staff meeting, and I was like, you guys know that the implicit association test has been declared by the creator to not be predictive and that you can't really <laughs> remedy it. And they're like, we don't care. Right. Right. Uh, and I've actually just recently sent a FOIA request to my old employer, quasi-federal agency, demanding every document email phone call teleconference everything that has anything to do with institutional racism systemic racism implicit association test white supremacy yada 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 all the budgets time spent professional contracts everything comprehensive and you know you know what the response was what was it sorry corona we're closed <laughs> for real convenient timing huh? indefinite wow. indefinitely they have said that they do not have to respond to freedom of information act requests what? due to corona that's wow, nuts. man! Like, dude, we are we are we're, we've been trying to get this new property, and we're a week delayed now. It seems like there is something trying to prevent anything from happening right now. Almost, huh. you know, like all these offices are closed, yeah. nobody can work. I mean, it, it feels like it. Um, I, I get it. The Democrats literally shut down all of these different offices and businesses. So yes, yeah. it's extremely difficult. Yeah, it's really annoying that you can't like, it's it's an arbitrary just stop to trade that's offensive to me yeah. like i can't be like i have a book good sir would you like to purchase it unless you go through amazon right yeah the big massive corporations the big box stores they're fine but it's a small mom and pop shops it's our offices you know it's scary to me because my, my my id was about to expire i can't go to the dmv we I, I drove up it was closed dude i thought i lost my driver's license like a couple months ago and so I went online and I filled out the application to get a new one sent to me in my address. Luckily, the next day I just I just found it. Oh wow! Okay, but I still have not gotten that in the mail, and it's been like two months. Whoa! Yeah, I I was told the DMVs are closed. You have to go online, and I was like, I've got a month before I can't. My license is, is no good. Fortunately, after a massive like break in the database, they finally fixed it, and I was able to get an update. But it was it was that was that was particularly worrisome. You know, you're going to make a requirement upon me, but give me no office to actually do it. Right. That's how creepy things are. Again, no predictability. Yep. Instability, uncertainty. No how structure. do you how do you plan for the future? How yeah. do you invest in yourself? How do you invest in your community? You're a senior in high school. How do you invest in 
getting into college and going to college if that's what you want to do. So many lost opportunities, so much pain, so much emotional distress yeah. everywhere right now, everywhere. Totally. And and it's coming at us from all directions, which is why you got to take care of yourself. That's like the number one thing we could focus on right now. One of the scariest things I saw was a stat that said something like one in four 18 to 24-year-olds had contemplated suicide. That's freaky. There's this, uh, this, this tech CEO whose kid, he tweeted about his kid killed himself, you know, like three months into the quarantine, just because like... I guess it's it's a kind of extreme FOMO. Your life stops. You're young. You're excited. But what people need to realize, especially about young people in this lockdown, time flies for us. Yeah. But when you're young, you know, if you're 13. You remember when summer was long. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When 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 you're 10 years old, a year is a literal is literally one tenth, 10 percent of your life. So you take these young kids and you freeze them for half a year and you're taking 5% of their life and putting them into you know purgatory right and they 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 snap yeah which is why i've been just pushing as hard as i possibly can to push us education wise to do whatever it takes to get the schools open socially they need it but the Smart. schools are all being in, they're doing indoctrination this i know weird but stuff, there's, man. there's there's a pros and cons and the cons of everybody being at home locked up by themselves may outweigh yeah, the indoctrination that you can counteract at home. You cannot do anything at home to counteract the lack of social connection that these kids are experiencing now. Move to a red state with a promise not to vote for those same people ever again. Right. Yeah, I've, I've been talking to some friends who are moving, and I said, just remember, if you move, don't vote for the Democrats anymore, right? Because for me, you know, I've spent most of my life as like a social liberal center left. But at this point, I'm kind of like, considering all the, de the, the destruction, the decimation of these cities... I'm going to defer to some Republicans for the time being, but ones that I think are trustworthy. I might not agree with them on policy, but, you know, there, there's um, I, I, have you seen the ad for Kimberly Klasik? I have. Fantastic. Very well. done. Yeah. Eight million yep. views in an overnight. One hundred and forty thousand yep. retweets. Yep. She's a Republican running in Baltimore. And I, I see her as a, a new energized, fresh face who, who, who I believe is passionate and wants to fix things. Well, normally I voted for Democrat, but at this point I'm like, I, I, I'm voting. I'm voting based on trust. Yeah. I, I might not agree on the issues, but I agree on the passion for fixing problems. Yeah. So at this point, I'm going to leave, you know, these these blue areas. I'm not going to bring any of that policy with me. I've been looking where, you know, where to move. I, I wish I could move to Virginia, but I can't. You can't predict that. Pennsylvania, you may go. You mm -hmm. may go for, for, for Trump this year, hopefully, but you don't know where it's going to be in four or eight or 12 years. West Virginia, Kentucky. Do I have to go all the way to Kentucky or Tennessee? Yeah. South Carolina. Do I have to go there to be like locked in red for, you know, 20 years, 30 years? People are saying Texas, but I'm like, Texas, they're saying it's a swing state. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's changing. South Dakota, baby. South Dakota. Yeah. Maybe that's the answer. Christy, invite us all down there. Would yeah. you? Yeah. Let's do maybe, it. you know, you got a lot of land. <laughs> you, got, a party. You, got, you, you get a lot of land for cheap. Yeah. And you can just do your thing. They, got, they got internets there? Probably bad internet. <laughs> Probably bad internet. I mean, truthfully, in this whole homesteading off the grid question, it is the question of high-speed internet, right? Absolutely. Like satellite internet, you can you can do it, but if there's like a six 600 millisecond delay, even, yep. even in the finest setups, the most expensive setups. Yep. And that would make doing something like this almost impossible. So uh, that is the big question. You wouldn't be able to play games either. Yeah. So no online gaming right. and the 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 the, uh, the transmission the data rate is really really poor. You yeah. you'd not be able to do a lot. You might be able to, you, you could probably do a live show. Cell technology is good though in a lot of these places. Yeah. So the, what a lot of these companies are doing is you actually just get like a 5G home router. 
that you just put in the house and it's just a, it links to the cell tower right so that that's probably a solution you know they're, they're not going to do they're not going to lay the cables between all the houses like they used to mm-hmm. just set up one big tower and have it feed the internet yeah but uh elon's doing that uh what is it called starlink or whatever yeah yeah, it's, it's low latency, low orbit satellites for I'm excited uh, about yeah it. anywhere you get a satellite and you can get high speed internet like normal. Boom! There you go. Let's take a couple more of these super chats. Jay Craw says it's not oppression plus pl- plus power; it's the addition of power to oppress. Carter McMillan says Andy no, the hypocrisy of the left is so clearly displayed in his story. It's angering. Please keep sharing his story. It's what got me to finally take the red pill. Andy Nash says Jack. I'd love to be a part of your community. I am a military veteran, and I have years of experience in electrical and mechanical engineering. Perfect. You're the right kind of guy. We've got a, a lot of uh, current and former military and LEO uh, people with a lot of skills. In fact, we've got guys from, from almost every industry and every phase of life as well, too. So go down to the website, liminal-order.com, and check it out. It's a community of men based on three shared values. We value personal sovereignty, masculinity, and brotherhood and everything that we do is informed by those three values and so if you want to learn more come on now check it out send me an email jack at jack cool yeah right super on. cool let's Damn do it. let's do a couple more super chats we got uh og boxer says with over 800 ballets that were thrown out because they were from oh ballots <laughs> i was like it's you spell Whoa, with an e Perfect. Like ballets. professional word guys here <laughs> yep Perfect. yeah uh, that were thrown out because they were from the dead why I don't hear people point out that means 800 plus proven voter fraud who filled them out and mailed them. So I made a mistake when I tweeted one of these one of these stories out. It was actually that people filled up the ballots, sent them in, then died. Mm. And so they got them and they were like, okay, these people are not registered as deceased, so we're going to throw the ballots out. Got it. Yeah. So what is the qualifying moment to cast a vote? Do you have to be alive at the time it's counted or alive at the time it's cast? That's an interesting point. That yeah. is a good question. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Because maybe their ballots should be counted. They still voted. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. At, at the time, election day. I mean, this is why you have lawyers. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What happens if you walk into the polling station and you hit the button for Trump and then go and then die on the spot? Yeah. Does, does it, it count? count? Well, no, definitely not if it was for Trump. <laughs> no, no. Exactly. All right. Let's see what we got here. Jay Cross says, my driver's license was stolen and I've been waiting months to get a new one. Yeah. That's COVID, man. Yeah. Uh, Darun Albain says, false argument. Christian blog would not be an open platform. So section 230 just means the, the comment section. So if a Christian blog had a comment section, people could post really messed up stuff to it. You know, Hasim Retna says, left is lost. Keep up the great work, Tim. Lids and great to see Jack on. My kids are going to in-person school here in Ohio. Used to be a Cali man. Glad to see, uh, glad to be gone. Left is lost. Definitely. Timothy Watts says, and universities are closed and students are doing online, but the tuition is full price, including housing. I love that. Mm-hmm. If you know what, man, just you can't, you got to stop. Just people just do what they're told, you know, <laughs> this is, but this is 2020 is like the year of red pills everywhere, everywhere. We're seeing it in education, in public health, in every element of politics. We're just, people are having these awakenings, man. I think. I think that there's more people waking up than going to sleep at this point. Definitely. That that's that's the bottom line, right? And like and which coalition has grown over the last 4 years? Trump's Trump's coalition has grown. It's it look, when you look at the media, I, if you if you only follow the mainstream news, you'd say the opposite. Yeah. But when you follow alternative you know, alternative media, independent media, 
No, it's 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 Trump. Yeah, it's Trump. More and more personalities popping up. More and more followers for intellectual dark web types. Not necessarily Trump supporters, but people definitely leaving the Democratic Party for sure. Right, and there's a whole slew of people, academics especially out there right now, who are like, we've had it with the left. I'm not sure where to go next. But those are the people who get into the vo- the voting booth, and they're just like, psh, and they just don't even they don't tell you later. Yep, they're not going to pull the trigger for Biden. I think there's going to be a lot of people who don't care about politics, but they've just had enough. Yeah. So you're you're never going to hear them. They don't care. They're not necessarily on your side. It's actually um, I I I made reference this a couple times because it is a really great video. But have you seen the Ryan Long comedy videos? Ryan Ryan Long comedy videos. Yeah, I think so. He's got a new one where it's they're they're setting they're creating basketball teams. And there's a left and a right. And the left guy's just insulting people. He's yelling at them, calling them bigots, taking pictures of them. So funny. One guy's like, he takes a picture of him and, and he picks up his phone and he goes, I, it's my boss. I just got fired. Yeah. What, dude. And then he hides behind another guy like, stop taking pictures of me. Yeah. And then one guy, the, the guy on the right goes, dude, just play with me. He's nuts. And then when he walks over, the guy with the, the right wing shirt says, hey, you see that Trump tweet about coronavirus it was kind of reasonable, right? And then the guy goes, yeah, yeah, whatever, man. Right. But, but it's that, that, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah. I think there's going to be people who are like, I don't care about the Trump stuff. I don't care about the memes. I just vote for him, whatever, because these people are crazy. Yeah. That's, that's what it feels like. I think, I think so. Good. Good. More, more light on the crazy is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. You know, I've, I've heard it a lot over the past year, a couple of years. People said the Democrats need to be taught a lesson. They, they need to be told you will not win if you do this stuff, if you go crazy, if you embrace this. But I think the Democrats... You, look, when you've got the CDC, 10% of their employees saying, we want a national health crisis to be declared on racism. Yeah, 10% of the CDC saying that. Then the Democrats seem, seem like they, you know, they're thinking they have no choice. That's what they're going for. Right. That's the institutional takeover. That's the tyranny of the minority. That is what happens when you create academics and professionals and then put them in powerful positions within bureaucracies. Yep. And that is the biggest stumbling block to turning this whole thing around is that the entry level, mid career and high level people in all of these organizations now are woke. Yep. And even if nobody wants it, they're still going to be there. So how are we going to even get them out? Maybe we don't. Maybe we just walk away. Walk, walk away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we create my medieval city on ninety acres with fifty thousand people. Ninety city. acres, huh? Yep. You need That's one. Great. You need one water source, like a canal or something, to go through the middle. You can build a walled city for fifty thousand people on ninety acres. Let's Maybe um, so cool. Let's Wyoming. Yeah. Wyoming. South Dakota. Be, uh, South Dakota. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Christy. Uh, I'll, I, I am. I'm. I'm going to be honest. I will actually start looking. At large South Dakota plots of land. Yeah. Dude, I would be so down with just being a pioneer, setting up a, a, a hub somewhere and bringing, revitalizing a community or, or bringing resources to help people get jobs back. And just, uh, you know, I, I think too many people thought New York was where you had to be or L.A. was where you had to be. I was one of those people. That's what I thought. Me too. That's all I wanted to do when I grew up was, was when I uh, was to move to New York. That was all I wanted. And then when I finally got the chance, I said no which is another story all to itself. But I do remember as a kid, and maybe this was just angst and teenage stuff, but all I, I remember thinking, all I want to do is be left alone. Yeah. So everybody leave me alone. And and then I remember maybe in my 20s sometimes, I would think all I want to do is be like a travel writer. You know, so I could just like <laughs> go away to other places. And now I'm thinking all I want is just like 
couple hundred acres and a homestead with a walled city and like tanks <laughs> tanks pointed at the gate a walled city yes. yeah that's all a, that's all i want that's all i want the wall. so now i'm wondering is this, this is a consistent theme in my life mm-hmm. right or am i just reacting to the stress either way i don't know it just feels right staying in the city doesn't feel right anymore yeah right on man well, with that being said, we are just a little bit over time, so I think we're going to get ready to wrap up. Again, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Parlor at TimCast, and make sure you check out my main channels. You can check out YouTube.com slash TimCast, subscribe if you haven't, and YouTube.com slash TimCast News, of course. And we do this show every Monday through Friday live at 8 p.m. Do you want to give a shout out again to all your, you know, just yeah. everything? Yeah, sure. Jack Murphy Live on Twitter. Please follow me there. Just recently crossed over 50,000 followers. Oh totally God. arbitrary number, but still felt pretty good. Cool. Uh, JackMurphyLive.com is the website. YouTube, Jack Murphy Live. There's some videos and podcasts up there. Oh, yeah. Check out my podcast. It's one of the best things I've got going. I love it. So come down. Check that out. JackMurphyLive.com forward slash podcast right on man Very well good. thanks for coming down i appreciate it dude. yeah and, and i appreciate oh, the yeah. book. democrats are deplorable that too there's a book on amazon <laughs> yeah actually let's uh, i think i can pull up the amazon book right here oh yeah we'll look at it just uh give a quick shout out to the the book here do we have a uh, there, there we go. go yeah there we go democrat democrat to deplorable on amazon look you get paperback for 1070 uh, 10.77 which is the mo- absolute lowest price they allow me to go to get worldwide distribution Very so good. and 2.99 also the lowest price on kindle my goal is not to make money with this but to get it out there into the world so that people have a roadmap they have a moral and philosophical reasoning for voting for Trump over the Democrats. They can read themselves, feel better about their decisions and give it to their friends and family, which I get reports all the time. People buy five copies and hand it out. So get the message out there, guys. Democrats are deplorable. I think I'm going to send one of these to come with my friends. Do it. No, for real. Yeah. All right. Appreciate it, man. Hey, everybody else, we will be back tomorrow at 8 p.m. live. There will be clips from the show up throughout the day. And of course, I always have... Yeah, I work 16 hours a day. I'm a crazy person. So I have my regular content on my main channel, which I already mentioned. So uh, thanks so much for hanging out. We will see you all tomorrow. And uh, adios, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you, guys.